Hey everybody, it's Spencer, coming at you fast and loose. Uh, on today's episode of Style and Direction, we're going to take another trip down to Gooch Town. And we're going to we're gonna talk to Garrett and Josh together, uh, together at last. Uh, so we'll be talking about thrifting, uh, how there's, how they kind of grew in their style journey and how they influenced each other. Uh, we're going to talk about how their lifestyle really influences their, their sense of fashion. And then in the second half of the episode, the, the meat, as I like to call it, um, we're going to talk about ethical consumerism in menswear. Uh, how you can shop while still maintaining a clear conscience and making sure that not too much of your money uh, is going to be funding exploitation. So all this and more on today's episode of Style and Direction, we have the meat. Hey guys, uh, welcome to Style and Direction, a menswear podcast without the stuffiness. Did I get it? Is it without the stuffiness or without all the stuffiness? Did I get it right? I think in the first few episodes, it's without all the stuffiness and then it changed to without the stuffiness because I had to drop the, the. it was cleaner. It was cleaner. It was cleaner. <laughs> Just Facebook. Uh, send us a email <laughs> about which one you think is better, guys. Hit us up. Don't, we'll, don't hit us. We'll put a we'll put a poll on the Twitter that we have, but I don't think we've ever used. I don't have. Did we make a Twitter? I think we made a Twitter, but we've never used it. Hey, how was your day, Spencer? Oh, my day was great. Um, once like like every like every episode, for the most part, been at work. A uh, men at work. <laughs> that men was working. me. Men working. Uh, that was yeah. Me. I sure hope you do. That, that was that was, uh, that was our Vine reference for the episode. Welcome, welcome to Vine refs, uh, a podcast, a about podcast about referees. Um, yeah, I. <laughs> <laughs> so that was that was my day. I was just at work. It's been a it's been a long weekend without getting in. Without getting into any specifics, I'm very tired because again, because we can't reference current events or well, no one's gonna like look on our Instagram. The other night, Ethan and I, or last night, uh, Ethan and I. We're at 82. That's yeah. what it's called. Yeah, it's like an arcade bar in yeah. the arts district. Barcade. And uh, uh, we were out kind of late and had to wake up early. But the night before, I was also up very late and had to wake up early. You know, we say that we were out late, but uh, I was talking to my dad today. And my dad's like, you guys came home at midnight. But <laughs> uh, it took me a long time to fall asleep because I always take a long time to fall asleep. She got that checked out by her doctor. The, the shit doctor. That's my name. <laughs> That's that's an inside joke. Uh, I w- I'd love I'd love to be a part of more someday. Okay. Well, <laughs> so you went to work today. And, I went to work and today. You were really tired. Okay. Yeah, and that's it. That's it. It took like ten minutes to talk about that, but that's okay. Okay. Well, okay. So we we had like like five. How many outfits did I shoot like yesterday? I think we did like a like three of Spencer. We went to the arcade, and then this morning, right before Spencer left, I did two sh- more. two more shoots of him. Went to a coffee place, did another shoot there, and then met up with our guests and did like three. We're gonna have like five shoots total, I think, of them of both of these guys that will introduce. I'll introduce in a second. Um, they're they're giving like they're doing that they're doing that Mori Povich thing. I think right is that what it is? Yeah, they're. Hey, Umbaku is yeah. that? Yeah, the uh, man ape Jabari tribe. Jabari tribe. 
spoilers for Black Panther. <laughs> but this episode's coming out like way later than that because uh, we like to bank them up. This is a little little uh, how the sausage is made for podcasts. Sometimes yeah. for episodes they record them way earlier and then they release them way later because you know life life happens, guys. Yeah. But what's important is that I'm I'm talking and I'm feeling. Uh, anyway, so my my day was I'm pretty drained to be quite honest. I've been editing and taking pictures all day, and uh, now we're recording a podcast. We sure are. Yeah. Um. So Ethan, what what? Let's get into our segment called uh, "What Are You Wearing?" Oh shoot! Are you asking? Wink. Are you asking me right now what I'm wearing? Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, I'm wearing a I'm wearing kind of like a blue outfit. I kind of I, I'm blue afraid blue I blew blue. myself. <laughs> Those two jokes right yeah, there yeah, the for the price of one. Tweet at us which joke you liked better. <laughs> Hashtag joke tweets. <laughs> um, so I'm wearing like a blue cobalt blue plaid uh, sack jack, as we like to call them now. A blue polka dot tie with a blue sweater and blue chinos and like purplish blue socks and a black penny loafers. Your shirt is green striped. So, my yeah. shirt is green, which is kind of blue. Because t- if you think about it, blue and yellow, that makes green, right? <laughs> uh, it's been a while since I've... Uh, it's been. There we go. There it is. There it is. Uh, it's been a while since I've actually... Uh, it's been a while. <laughs> oh, you got both of them I in there. got both of them. When, <laughs> when is Scott Ackerman going to like just sue us for stealing <laughs> all of his, his jokes? Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I haven't taken like color theory in a long time. You know, actually, someone asked me. Like, hey, you know, when you do fashion blogs, like, you know, how do you do, what do you use with the color wheel? I'm like, there's a color wheel. <laughs> I just, I, it's all natural, baby. Yep. Sorry, I prefer uh, my, my ladies. Okay. I'm done with that one. Spencer, cool. what are you wearing today? Um, so I'm, I'm uh, going to start from the top down like you did. <laughs> That's how I'm going to do my outfit. Oh, this not, not middle. Middle. Not middle. middle <laughs> Which direction you want to go in? Yeah, I'm just going to do top down. I think that's going to be standard from now on. I am wearing a 60s, like, kind of We're both brown. wearing plaid, yeah, basically. We're the plaid brothers. We're the PBs. Yeah, um, PB and J. Peanut butter and, and Jan. Jim. Yeah. Pam Beasley and Jim. Frank and Beans. Yep. Um, so I'm wearing a 60s, like a mid-60s brown. Sorry. Uh, the mi- I held the mic away so I could breathe in. <laughs> Chocolate rain. Chocolate rain. Um, we, I met, by the way, I met Taze Honda. I just want to jump in and say that. We're, oh, you met him at like a 4th of July party, yeah, okay, right? So this is so off topic. This is the worst podcast to our 10 people listening. But okay, so I was at, um, I was feeling really sad. This is like, two, this is two, okay, more kind. This is two years ago near my breakup. And my friend wanted to throw me out on a limb and he invited me to this rooftop 4th of July party that he was shooting because it was like some folk singer that was like up and coming I, I i've never heard of him i don't know what happened his name was bob dylan <laughs> yeah yeah um and it was like it was like right in like the heart of uh downtown la or dtla as i've, I've heard it's called right mm-hmm. it, okay that's yeah okay our guests are confirming that and so um you know it's like i don't know these celebrities like minor people maybe like produce i don't know who they were but i like Zonde walks out and i'm like <laughs> holy shit where am i right now and at the end of it like we were all leaving we're like you know i i was helping with like um like one of the b cameras mm-hmm. and um i was like hey mr zonda can i take your can i take a picture with you and then his friend jumped in you know maybe because tay i think is like a little bit shy which mm-hmm. makes sense and 
He's like, oh, yeah, Tay's totally fine with it. And I took a picture of them, and I think it's on my Instagram. If not, I'll have to find it somewhere. And then post it on the show notes or whatever. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll post it on the uh, on the podcast. Yeah, yeah on follow on at Style and Direction, all spelled out on Instagram. We post some of the funny stuff that we talk about there. We sure do. Um, okay, back to me. <laughs> yeah, back to what are you wearing? The segment. Uh, so, uh, like I said, like mid to late 60s, brown, uh, plaid, sport coat. Um, I got a blue, uh, like, you know, OCBD Brooks Brothers, like probably 70s or 80s. Um, I got a red, like a red and gold striped tie. A lot of people call it my Gryffindor tie, and I take offense to that. Because you're a Hufflepuff. I actually I took the quiz and I am. No, me, I did that. (laughs) Yeah, I'm a Hufflepuff. No, because I just don't. I just I'm like I don't wear it because of Harry Potter. I wear it because it's a cool tie. But it's like from the 50s or 60s. Got my Spear and McKay uh, uh, chinos. Quick quick shout out, Spear and McKay. Quick shout out. Uh, I got red Uniqlo socks and then Johnson and Murphy cap toes. But the cool thing about about this jacket is that uh, where'd you get it? Some store in Melrose. I can't remember the name. I was going to look it up, but I didn't. But anyway, it was one of the first vintage pieces I've ever bought. Like the first vintage piece I ever bought was like a 70s brown plaid jacket. So I guess I was into that kind of early, um, but it did not fit me at all. <laughs> because I did not even bother trying it on in the store. I was so excited. <laughs> that's like the that's like the most innocent and worst yeah, thing you could ever seriously. do. Seriously. So my grandma took uh, me and my friend on a trip to L.A. and I got this at a store in Melrose. But it's funny because we're to go talk about with our guests thrifting uh, that's one in Los Angeles. And a, a, a topic of that's one of the topics, but we're also talking about other things. Yeah, so we're gonna have a little bit of help talking about this thing that uh, kind of defines the blog. You know, when I first started it, it was I don't know, I was wearing like H and M stuff, and now it's like thrifting and a little bit of contemporary stuff. And so we've got two guys here who also kind of share that view. They get most of their clothes, you know, secondhand. You know, whether it's designer or vintage thrift stores, consignment stores. Please give it up, and I know you're gonna clap at home. For the Gooch Brothers, Joshua and Garrett. We're clapping. There we go. Hello. Howdy. Tell us, what, what are you guys wearing right now? So describe, describe so, paint us a word Joshua picture. This is Joshua here. This, so, so just this is kind of reference for voice for later on. This is Joshua. And this is Garrett. He doesn't sound like that. Can you? It's <laughs> <laughs> like if that you're giving funny. the whole point of this was to give a vocal reference, and yeah, he sounds like he's introducing that, SNL cast members. That was my that was Garrett my talk show Gooch. host voice. Okay, this is actually my voice right now, being being a funny guy. So he's gonna go Poor in you. and out of very old New York Jewish man. There's gonna be. I feel like there's gonna be a lot of voices on this episode. Probably. Yeah. He's oh, gonna go. Boy. He's gonna go. Old Jewish man, kind of oh hello voice mm-hmm. to Don Pardo recently deceased SNL announcer and then his normal voice which is I don't really I'll let you describe it um, but yeah so I, I I'm I just took my jacket off because it's actually hotter than you took I off expected. your sack jack I took off my sack jack okay so I, I today I've got on actually a new uh, flat cap from Monsivius and Co from our Damien. friend Damien yeah, yeah yeah and I've been wanting to who buy... we will get on either before or after this episode we don't know yet we're not sure because <laughs> yeah. it will happen in the future but maybe it happens in the past when we upload it you know it's kind of like <laughs> Schrodinger's cat we don't know until it happens so we, also, we did put a cat in a box uh, that has uranium in it and we have no idea <laughs> the status of that one yeah <laughs> on the, on that topic of uranium cats 
So, well, so the, <laughs> the the cap is is actually really rad. It's I bought it for this upcoming tour I'm going to be on for most of the rest of the year, um, where it's going to be really hot. So I bought this cotton linen blend, uh, indigo dyed cap, flat cap. That's like a, I believe this is kind of like a like a 1910s, like a kind of teens era. Yeah, because I have a cap that's a pretty similar cut to that that I got from also Damien. Uh, and he described it as like a 1910s European yeah. cut on his website. It, it has quite a bit of fabric on it, but because I have long hair, it kind of like it, it proportionally it works. Mm-hmm. If I had short hair, I'd probably go for something a little slimmer cut. But I'm excited to have that for summer because he has like a rayon lining inside, so it can kind of breathe. And when I'm in like humid cities in the south, I can actually like wear a cap. Yeah, keep my hair out of my face and mouth and stuff. So that's the cap I've got on my. Um, it's actually on the chair over there, but I've got my Brooks Brothers Junior Wantanabe collaboration um, three it's roll. So two. good! It's so it's my favorite blazer, like by far. It's it's like triple patch pockets. It's got these gold, very like ivy buttons, but then it's got this camouflage lining, which is the kind of Junior Wantanabe twist. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just a great jacket. It fits incredibly M. Night well. Shulman. Uh, sorry, no, you said twist. M Night Shyamalan. <laughs> And I think he's an M. Night Shulman. Well, he, that's a reference to the cold open of an episode of The Office. Oh, I see. I Okay. Uh, ah, I, you guys we got you. We got you. There it is. Uh, I should know that. I've been rewatching The Office. Uh, and then I have um, a, a late 50s, early 60s tie that I that I purchased at actually at Monsivais hmm. as well. And um, a new OCBD in light blue by Kamakura Shirts. It's part of their um, vintage Ivy collection. Vintage Ivy collection, which I absolutely love. Yeah, I bought I, it at the Bloke. Um, I I also have one of those shirts. This is going to be an early plug. I have the denim one. I wear it all the time. It's great. They're really great. I've been yeah. tr- meaning to try them on forever, and I wasn't sure, you know, because I know they aren't sized by neck. They're sized small, medium, yeah. large. So it's kind of like it's a it's a crapshoot. Yeah, but they, it fits perfect because I don't have super long arms, and the, the usually like American like? sleeves are too long, and then I have to go get them. These are perfect because in Japan they make the sleeves for a little slightly shorter arms, which works mm-hmm. perfectly. Um, and then I've got on some 19, like early 60s as well, um, sp- like olive sportswear pants from Paper Moon. And, my and they're cool because the front half has a waistband and the back half does not, which is a continue. Yeah, it's very it's weird. strange. It's like a Hollywood waist in the back and then a waistband in the front. I've- That's how I like my women. <laughs> yeah. There we go. That a boy. There we go. Um, and then I've got on my 2120 uh, loafers, which are my favorite shoes. I'm sure we're going to talk about 2120 right, right. throughout the episode. So they're uh, and and you, just quick, you said tour. Why don't you remind our listeners what exactly you do? So I I'm I'm a musician. I play guitar, and uh, so I'm doing a world tour this year with Shania Twain. So we're going to be out for uh, Who's Shania Twain. <laughs> uh, I'll 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 send you I'll send you links. Okay, I'll gotcha. send you Spotify links. Cool. Um, but yeah, we're doing a world tour this year. We're going all over, and I'm really excited. So I'm kind of prepping my wardrobe for mm-hmm. like a suitcase. So I'm like yeah. really kind of getting stuff together right now, where I'm trying to find like vintage items that are in good enough condition and not fragile enough that I can like travel with them, um, and trying to get stuff for summer like this Montsevice cap. So I've been that's been my focus lately. Yeah. Cool. Cool. All right. And then I'm gonna hand this over to. Yeah. Here. Hi, this is Garrett Gooch, and I promise this is my real voice. Um, let's uh, let's start with just like the main piece of my outfit right now. Uh, it's a Stephen Allen suit. Yeah, it looks so good. It's fun. It's real nice. It's it's kind of a taupe meets off white seersucker. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of fun. 
Um, it's it's light. It, it breathes really, really well. I've worn it in some heat, and it's been fine. I've worn it in the cold and just worn a little bit thicker of a shirt and an undershirt, and I've been just fine. Um, I'm also wearing a chambray shirt. Real fun. I have that thing buttoned all the way to the tippity top, and I'm having a good time with it. I'm nice and cozy. Uh, and then the last little piece, uh, actually, I have two pieces left. I am wearing a blue vintage uh, 60s Dobbs hat that I got from Benny, my boy Benny. I think we did mention that the last time when you were yeah, on your solo episode. So good, I wore it twice. There you go. Um, and then uh, the most important piece. 2120 handcrafted navy blue derbies Ooh. one of a kind it was a sample and i was fortunate enough to beg autumn <laughs> on my hands and knees please let me have these and so uh did he let you have them yes he did out of pity oh, out of pity gotcha. yeah he just felt gotcha. bad for me i was hoping um, that you said it's like no i had to i had to steal them <laughs> yeah that would have been yeah Aram is i dead stole now. from I my business him. partner don't work with me just kidding <laughs> Please work with. Please, please work, work with me. me. <laughs> please work with me. Yeah, please work with me. But this is—I promise. This is my real voice. <laughs> well, I what I think is cool is that you know, not only are you guys brothers, but you guys are are a couple of the most well dressed guys we've uh, we've ever met. That's true. And, and you are brothers. Oh. We, we are we are brothers. It's it's an interesting thing because like, people... it's an interesting thing DNA and sharing. You know. <laughs> yeah. It's weird because like people don't often realize that we're brothers until we tell them, and then they have this like epiphany moment where they're like, "Oh, I totally see it," but yeah. like they didn't. Previous to us telling them, they didn't notice. Did at you all. think that Spencer and I were brothers when you first met us? Well, of course. Uh, yeah, just because of your sack jacks. Yeah. Fun fact: I'm the only one in this room that does not have a brother and will never know that bond. <laughs> oh no! So no, like, this just took a sad turn. Yeah, so S- Spencer has a GoFundMe page to buy him a brother. Yeah. Uh, I need. I need. Order I need brother a brother from Russia. Yeah. <laughs> That's a thing, right? Probably. Yeah, probably. I tried to join the Big Brothers program, but they were like, "Okay, you're the Big Brother." I'm like, "No." <laughs> I want. I, I want the Big Brother. I want to be the Weedle Brother. Yeah. Uh-huh. And then they were like, "That's creepy. Leave." <laughs> Andy but, scale. Andy. <laughs> no, but it's, I mean, just in the world of LA, we don't, I mean, Spencer and I just don't meet many well-dressed people. And it's no. kind of, and usually if like you meet someone who is, maybe their brother is not, because my brother isn't into like menswear or fashion. I mean, he's dresses up. There's not a dig at my brother. He's, he's fine. He's a cool guy. I <laughs> love him, fine. but he's not, you know, he's not into it as much as we are. And it's just cool that you guys, you know, based on your individual, episodes that we that we've done you guys have such you know a different approach and yet now you both are into menswear you know yeah i'd say we definitely have like caught up to the same level of obsession with vintage and clothing and working in you know with people in the industry or or being a part of things in the industry we're definitely kind of at that same moment right now whereas before there were different parts where it it was like more me and then a little bit more of him in a certain area uh, it's it's unique that we are very much in the same place, interested in in quite a few similar things, but definitely have our own taste and our own mm-hmm. style. Yeah, I think there's there's definitely moments there where like, I, and we talked about it kind of. I'm sure we talked about it individually on both of our episodes, but there was there was definitely a while there where Garrett's thing was fashion when I was doing music, kind of full like it was just all I was doing, especially in like high school and and kind of those years. And Garrett was way into the fashion. I, I'd say my obsession kind of happened. I think I mentioned it when, when Garrett came down and was staying with me, and we just kind of really bonded over that, because it was like we we were both living outside of our parents' house, 
and it was like it was it was a I mean we we've always hung out a lot and skateboarded together and had a lot of similar mutual friends and stuff like that. But it took friends. What's that like? <laughs> it, I don't know. It really, it took like us both moving out and like being in LA together to like really really have that like clicking experience. It was just different. I don't know how else to describe it. I don't know if there's yeah. There, I I think that um, oftentimes people feel pressured. Uh, when they're living with family to be super close with their other family members and their siblings. And uh, I think that... that Spencer doesn't know what that feels I like. Think, <laughs> yeah, I think that when you get outside of uh, the home that you grew up in with, with other family around, you definitely have that decision to be close with somebody or not. And we had an opportunity to be living in a different area with different things going on. You know, we both were over 21 years old. We could just, like, go to concerts together, go thrifting and find a cool outfit for that night. It was uh, a unique experience. You definitely get to choose how close you get to be later in life. And I think we were super lucky that we found becoming best friends when before we were just, like, we were hanging out often because we were brothers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, that was, that was kind of a cool cool <laughs> thing to say. Well, I think, I think also, like, I think we were feeling pretty uninspired by san diego at the time mm. and I, I it's not a knock on the city it was more just that we had kind of been there go fuck yourself san diego <laughs> <laughs> we'd been there a while and like we were living in the suburbs where there wasn't a whole lot of like change you know what i mean like when oh, you're yeah, in a city yeah. like la or new york or san francisco or uh, even seattle where we're originally from like <clears throat> there's these kind of waves of motion of the city where like arts art artistic people come in venues come in and in san diego we we kind of felt like at a certain point i mean garrett can speak for himself i definitely felt like i i i'm glad that i grew up here but i need to leave yeah and i think that that kind of rediscovery of like being brothers once we'd kind of like moved out and realized like oh we actually really like hanging out together it's not just that we were forced to because we lived in the same house you know i think i feel like that was kind of a big uh realization that happened at least uh, definitely for me yeah and i I think to go back to the note of san diego is has been uninspiring quite a bit to us is we definitely grew up with people wearing the same thing from when they were like five years old to the exact same thing now like our a lot of people that we know still wear volcom graphic t-shirts jeans that don't fit them and then vans with high nike socks and that's fine. Like people do their thing. They get cozy in their own thing. But when you're around uh, people who are who are very much fine with like the conformity and, and just kind of sticking to things because they're worried about stepping outside of it and not seeming like a San Diego dude who loves, you know, California burritos and surfing, dude. We, we happen to be a part of the skateboarding scene. We both have skateboarded our whole lives. But... We had we our own. Spencer and I do not skateboard no. at all. Yeah, I don't even know what a skate uh, board is. Yeah. yeah, we're gonna um, we're gonna take him outside after this. I'm gonna teach him how to skate. Beat me up. <laughs> I'm gonna beat him. <laughs> we're gonna up. die. The next <laughs> podcast, Spencer will have a broken arm. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's most most certainly it's raining outside and dark <laughs> out. So it'll be a good time to just kind of take a board out for a nice, real quick spin. A little QS, as oh, they call I, it. I yeah. My arm. That's a good impression of me. <laughs> that sounds a lot. That was a pretty dead on Spencer. Yeah. In, in a no, moment of hysteria. That was a not me voice, but this is back to me, Garrett. Were me. you telling me that was another person that came in the room here? Ethan, you can see. <laughs> like, 
you can see this. The, our audience can't, but you yeah, can't. Yeah, you're supposed to fool Stop. them. <laughs> let's let's let's, let's take a peek this. behind yeah. the curtain. No, but to, to touch back on what Gary said, I think that's that's a super cool, you know, perspective to have because I mean, people like to say like, oh yeah, Ethan lives in L.A. You know, we're all in L.A. But when you get to L.A there's so much like there's so many different areas of it like i i live in pasadena spencer is in uh found valley the oc the oc don't call it that (laughs) but you know like i'm like it's it's basically suburbs and we don't get exposed to anything you know and the only time like i feel like i've experimented way more um in like you know the past year than i ever have before that you know before vintage and everything because like when i dressed up it was all kind of very the same h&m stuff gingham shirts you know and it's it's cool that you know when you think about where you live and you know how culture and arts kind of like flow and make you kind of try new things yeah and i think you know we we briefly talked about this before which at those gooch collective events that you have been gracious enough to photograph and have taken such great documentation of the events which we really appreciate thank you very much oh there's your elvis that classic <laughs> ethan elvis impression that we all know so well Classic my ethan. name is elvis baby <laughs> <laughs> oh i'm so glad that that first time you did that was on a podcast that's amazing. yeah that's really good um uh so like at those events it was this weird mix of like all these there's, there's like this Japanese Americana look and there's this Ivy looks and there's mm-hmm. some streetwear like LA looks and there's some more rock style like leather jackets and black denim and all that stuff and there was a pretty wide swath of inspiration that I know yeah. everybody was looking around going like inspiration LA yes exactly that's another thing yeah. word association well you know it's it's weird it's like one of those things where I think there's a couple of things going on where there's there's people looking around going like oh I'd love to try that and then there's another side of it which is that looks so cool on that guy. It's not my thing, but I love how it looks on them. Mm-hmm. And I, I was definitely noticing that where I was like, oh, that's not my thing, but that is dope. Oh, yeah. That's that's my reaction to a lot. Sometimes yeah. I, I weirdly like I look at those kind of things. and I'm like, hey, I would love to do that, but put it like a menswear spin on it. Mm-hmm. You know, like I think I would see like Yojiyama, like, like kind of like wide leg, like crazy pants. And I'd be like, oh, I would do that. But then I would, you know, maybe like wear loafers or something with it. And I've yeah. definitely done that. And I've seen you guys kind of do something very similar. Mm-hmm. You guys take a lot of inspiration. And I think that hanging out with both of y'all have been like inspired me to kind of try new things. And we have, you know, we've gone thrifting and we've gone doing crazy stuff and I've i haven't because i've worked every time they do that yeah spencer fucking sucks guys let's be real here <laughs> okay i like spencer this is real garrett here oh thanks, gotcha thanks, garrett. um let me let me uh let me toss myself back over onto that topic of the gooch collective um josh right. was just talking about how like the different types of dressing and stuff i think we should also kind of relate that to the idea of um us being unimpressed with with the nature of of san diego at these parties it's been super unique because we've got dudes who are like from japan haven't lived in the united states very long have like Mm -hmm. this crazy style that they've developed from their geographic region what they've read about the movies that they've seen we've got musicians there who are from all over the united states some actually from different countries and then we've got people who are photographers who aren't really into fashion but shoot some huge brands and Mm -hmm. are really fascinated by it but maybe they're into architecture and that's not really their thing um there's a lot of different types of people and a lot of different types of style and it's it's so interesting to see everybody come together because there is in fact that mutual respect where it's like 
I don't know if I do that, but that dude looks sick. Yeah. And he should keep doing it. And then we all kind of tend to gravitate towards our friends' brands to support them. And out of nowhere, a lot of us are wearing a, a common piece, like a pair of 2120 loafers or a hat by Damien or a hat by Wellema. Um, it's really unique to see all this happen. And I think, you know, one of the reasons that Ethan and I, ah, oh God, I hate, I hate just like, you know, shitting on the vintage scene and I'm not, it's fun. <laughs> but I think that, I think one of the re- reasons Ethan and I have been getting into the more contemporary fashion scene is because there's so many people in the vintage scene that don't really get that, like, you know, appreciation while knowing that maybe that's not something you would wear where they see something that they wouldn't wear and they say it's bad. And that's that stuffiness that your podcast exactly. is trying to do without. Yeah. Wow, that was a pretty good tie-in right there. Look at that. Oh, yeah. Stuffy noses. Yeah. No congestion here. Wait, is that a new, uh, is that a new tagline that we can no use? It, it's it's probably good because it's not already taken by Comedy Bang Bang. So <laughs> so we're good. So Earwolf yeah. and Stitcher, whatever, won't sue us. Also, can we get sponsored by Ludens because we all had a great throat lozenge before this, and our voices sound pretty darn they, good. They're great. Oh, they sound. I want to thank Vons for those sweet Ludens cherry. Those sweet cocktails. sweet yes. Ludens <laughs> equals jazz. <laughs> okay, so we we've we've mentioned the Gucci Collective like I think like a few, couple times already. So why don't we uh, four times? Four times, four times. Thanks, <laughs> thanks for coming. We, yeah, we love to force. We love to force plugs. Is that is that a force? As in you're saying four? Is that what you yeah. were doing? Nice Star Wars yeah. reference. The number four, and then four. Like. I don't mess around with these references, baby. Yeah, I'm you're going a, you're a big in. referee. Um, so nice. thanks. Okay, so let's let's jump into that. You know, before we, uh-huh. you know, our second half of the episode is going to be about you know thrifting and buying ethically, which is something that we all do. But let's talk about since we got the two brothers here. Let's talk about the Gooch Collective and exactly what it is. You know, I know that it says like uh, bringing arts community. I'm probably butchering it, but what is what is what is the well, tagline? There? I'll let Garrett throw the tagline in real quick, and then I want to talk about um, some of the crescent stuff because I think that was yeah. us being around that. But go ahead and give them the kind of rundown of the of What's the overall <laughs> event. Yeah, yeah. So um, Gooch Collective, the whole idea is kind of um, the perfect combination of of music, artisan craft, and community. Um, I was very fortunate to put on some music festivals in college, and that really gave me this uh, this love for trying to build community where it really shouldn't be and doesn't happen often. Mm-hmm. Um, especially in LA, it's really hard to find positive communities. That's something that I really cared about. And then artisan craft, who doesn't like some super rad handmade shoes, handmade hats, you know, clothing made by hardworking immigrants made in the United States of America. That stuff's tight. And then music. If you don't like music, you got a problem. Uh, I'm going to hand the mic to Josh so Josh can t- you know, say a little bit more on, on something that we, I think, kind of just realized brought us to where we are today. Yeah, like as I was handing the mic, I was like, oh, that Whoa. was actually kind of a big point. Yeah. So as I previously mentioned in the other episode, when, when I started kind of thrifting and really getting like super heavy into menswear – was when Garrett was in Garrett was in college as well, like four years ago. Yeah, yeah, probably four about, years about four ago. years ago. Um, so I get I had well, God, it feels longer. I think it might have been five years ago. It, whatever, it, it actually doesn't it's matter long. to you guys at all. So um, Garrett was coming and staying with me uh, during his summers, and I had this residency at this place called the Crescent at my friend Susan's hotel in Beverly Hills, and I had a weekly gig there that I would bring friends out and we'd play like blues and New Orleans music, and it was really fun. Um, 
And I got Garrett a job running the social media for the hotel when he was staying with me. Hmm. And I think that that was kind of the inception of this concept. And when we started being like, we need to work together. And when on Leonardo this. DiCaprio okay. came out, and- okay. <laughs> I love Leonardo. Di- this is Garrett, real Garrett. I love Leonardo DiCaprio. And what he- does fake Garrett say about it? Ah, <laughs> there we go. He's not impressed. <laughs> ah. Um. So so we. Uh, That's all he can say. So we, I was having these events, and Garrett was working there, and I think that we kind of realized like. We want to do this and have more control over kind of all the aspects of it because it was kind of like we were working in the same place and that's where we realized like we should be doing that. We should be working together on something. And um, and then we had just kind of talked for a long time about doing events. I knew Garrett was doing stuff up there. I talked about putting together like a big show uh, or, or like a regular residency in L.A. But there's so many music shows in L.A. and there's so much great music. It's hard to keep that consistently going and adding this the other twists of this community thing and bringing the clothing brands in and having boba and having like all of this brand recognition but like not in a douchey way where Mm -hmm. we're like trying to get like like hashtags and sponsorships from like vodka brands and stuff like we want to actually showcase brands that make guitar stuff brands that make clothing that are making it by hand and the people actually put love into it and it's the same thing we try to do with the music at the show it's all about like if you're not going to put all your effort into it just don't do it just don't do it because otherwise you're just you're half-assing it Mm -hmm. and the event is about everything that's there is being done full tilt and uh to continue on with that that story about us um kind of halfway working together working in the same space at at that hotel the crescent hotel in beverly hills um i was starting to think about essentially branding my work uh, as a marketing consultant. And um, I ended up coming up with the idea of Gooch Collective with Adam, a guy that I consult with. And the idea was, oh, it's just Garrett Gooch and then the brands that he works with. But as I was driving home from selling some samples at the Rose Bowl, I was like, Gooch Collective, that's Josh and I. And so basically what happened was I called Josh. I was like, hey, you know the thing that we wanted to do with the music and the clothes and the stuff? Uh, let's do it. It's Gooch Collective. It's Joshua and Garrett Gooch. And it was just kind of this weird thing where um, oftentimes you'll, you'll say something and you're going to be like, we're going to do that soon. Mm-hmm. We did it quickly. Hmm. Uh, there, there's, there's one thing I think that's a big part of our personalities that we learned from our parents. If we decide we're going to do something, we're going to fucking do it. And that was really tight for us to actually pull through with this because I don't know if anybody knows, but it's a lot of work putting on these events. I have to coordinate with my brands. I've got to get the venue stuff. We got to work out the boba catering. Josh has to put together an entire like couple of sets of bands with different musicians, different music. It's so exhausting, but it's so worth it. Back to the community thing. It's worth it to build a community and to get people out there to have some fun. Right. So why aren't you trying to like walk us through? You know, putting one of these together because you did one at at Wellama. You've done two now at the at the Road Collective in the Arts yeah. District. So what 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 goes into it? You know what, you know how what brands? How do you select the brands that you choose to feature? And then I guess we can do the music in a second. But if you so wants to so I mean, well, let's start with like the brand selection because uh, we know we have to have brands there. Uh, Josh has got the music kind of covered, and he'll get onto that soon. Um, basically, I chose a few brands that I was already consulting with. Because it helps me if I can get them some more sales. And also, they fit seamlessly into this idea of 
of you know LA menswear and mm-hmm. and just like being a kind person. And so, Aww. you know, out the, out the gate, um, Cody Wellema is a mutual friend of all of ours and an awesome dude. And uh, cheers to him. He just had his uh, baby with his lovely wife, Shelby. There's some claps going on in the background. Clap. Um, and so, you know, Cody out the gate, it was like, my guy, you're going you're gonna to do the first one. And we ended up using his space for the first one. And then uh, we wanted to keep it small for the first event. So I just said, hey, Adam, let's set up a table outside and like a ladder and stack some shoes on it. And let's just sell right outside. And people can try them on and sit in a little chair and make it happen. Actually, we had the couch out on the street. That was pretty sweet. Yeah, yeah. And I remember that because he, he I, I wasn't there because I had the flu. So you remember it how? Uh, your Flickr page. Oh, the Flickr. And the blog post. Hey, follow Ethan on the Flickr. And the blog post. Because um, it's like Cody afterwards, he like just slept on the floor because the couch was gone, right? No, that was just a, that was a joke. Oh. That was a picture. That was a yeah. picture? Yeah. No, it's, okay, to be fair, when Ethan told me that, he did tell me that as if it was real. He was like, That's he was so he's tired. That's funny guy. Yeah, I'm, it's called that. it's called comedy, my friend. You know, yes and. Th- have you ever heard of comedy? No. Well, <laughs> what a sad existence. <laughs> that uh, was the most condescending thing I think I've ever heard anyone say to another human. Yeah. Comedy? Ever heard of it? <laughs> <laughs> Bitch. No. Uh, no, no, I have not. Yeah, but I mean, yeah, I went <clears> to that one. I went, I think, like by myself. Kind of, you know, my friend Andy came for a little bit. Um, Cody and my friend, um, damn it, I'm, I say Andy and Adam, Andy and Adam, okay, come on, like, they're both A A's, names, two A's, double A's, eh? and, like batteries, and, um, but yeah, nice. like, I had some people come, but it was mainly, like, kind of just me, and I know you guys are both working, but I was able to kind of see all of it happening, and it was super cool, and I couldn't wait for you guys to do, like, the next one, and I know, I guess we can talk about music now, but I think when Josh, Josh called me, like, the day before, he was like, this is gonna be a huge thing, and I was, at first, I was like, Oh, this is? Like, I thought it was going to be, like, a very small, like, oh, yeah, live music, just chill. There's hats and whatnot. But then he's like, hey, dude, you, you better get your ass to this event. Yeah, yeah. Because it's one of those things, like, there's so many events in Los Angeles that, mm-hmm. that right. I'm sure you see stuff on your Instagram feed all the time. You're like, oh, that sounds cool. But you're not like, oh, that's going to be, like, a thing. Yeah. And when I called you, I was like, dude, this is going to be absolutely ruling. And, and there, it's a lot more work. Uh, as Gareth said, than just being like, "Hey, we're throwing a party. Come hang out." It's like right, right, we're trying right. to like set up an environment meticulously that allows people to just have an immense amount of fun through art and community and all that stuff. But it's very meticulously crafted, like even schedule wise, of like how to make sure everybody has enough time to talk to each other, how to make sure that we can like get the musicians around other creative people that are not musicians, like. I essentially like inter um, just interact with people yeah. outside of their own worlds and we, we really tried to like make the environment I think Wellama was perfect for that because it was small enough that people could make that human connection through just eye contact or kind of groove into the music What's together human connection? <laughs> okay. I don't know what that's like Rainbow Connection uh, <laughs> Kermit the Frog here Can you guys do Rainbow Connection at the next one perform that? Yes, we're doing it in its entirety. Perfect. And then, you know, I, I think, Garrett, you should probably talk about the next event, and then I'll talk about the music, yeah. um, the, the the one we just had. Yeah, so we were very fortunate, thanks friends and friends of other friends, that we, we packed out Cody's spot. And uh, so I ended up calling my friend Colin of the Rogue Collective in the Arts District. He owns a really, really cool shop down there, mm-hmm. men's, women's stuff bunch of cool accessories it actually used to be a famous uh venue called oh. al's bar oh wow uh the chili peppers back 
Green Day, a bunch of super rad bands played there, like Bowie even, hmm. uh, before a lot of Who's them were, were very you, he, okay. famous. <laughs> you threw in the you first name that you <laughs> You know the bow. You know the bow. Um, and so I, you know, I called my friend Colin. I said, hey, dude, uh, I got this thing going on. He's like, I saw the photos. I wasn't able to make it. What's going on? I was like, can it go on with you? And he was like, of course. And so we were really fortunate that he was willing to take this on just because, you know, when you have a shop, you really have to be cautious with what goes on there. Oh, yeah. And uh, you're telling me you can't have a shop and just like let it let it self govern. <laughs> I kind of like that idea. That's, um, that's, you're describing a, a commune right now. Yeah, that's a commune. <laughs> yeah, that's a com- that's a that's out of hand or, co- or cooperative Ethan. co-op. Yeah. Yeah. Cooperative. That's how I play my video games. Cooperative, like REI. REI, sponsor us. Um, <laughs> give us some Danner boots. Those are nice. Uh, so anyways, Colin was kind enough to, to take this on. It was mostly because we had a pre-existing thing going on because he is actually selling their in-house Made in USA line on the website that I'm a co-founder of that you would have already heard in uh, my previous episode where I talked about the website Ziggy the website that I'm a co-founder of. So anyways, Colin was like, yo, we're down. Let's have this thing. And so for this one, I was actually able to have more than one excess brand mm-hmm. uh, other than the in-house brand. So Cody wasn't able to uh, make that one, you know, baby things. Uh, babies are important. Just baby things. Just baby things. And so I was was really, really excited because I knew I wanted to invite our friend Koske of Clutch Golf. Mm-hmm. That dude is so hardcore. He's fun. I think we and talked about him on on, on, on the last. Swag, yeah. yeah, he's yeah. a swag king. He's so just good. he's just a really nice guy. Everybody loves him, and he he shows up like he brings his stuff. It looks good, and it is made here in LA. It's it's good stuff. And he sells kind of like you know vintage inspired golf mm-hmm. luxury wear kind of thing. You know, like a reinterpretation. It's really cool. You guys should check it out. Yeah, yeah, Quick yeah. Plug. I'm I'm sure they're gonna toss a link somewhere, <laughs> uh, and so yeah, Kosuke was a pick. He was a top pick. We wanted him in there. Twenty one twenty, my boy, one of the clients that I, I work with. He was of course gonna be in there too. And then a new fun one that actually wasn't really a part of the scene, but is super stoked that now he is is uh, Raga Man. Um, this guy Sahil Chaudhry, the Chaudhry family, uh, they own this this company called Raga. There's a women's line that's fairly big and has been around for a couple of years, but the men's line's new. And so uh, my friend Bradley, he is the guy who runs their photo studio, does all the content creation, does all kinds of awesome stuff for them, building the brand out. He gave me an intro to Sahil. Their stuff is now being sold on Ziggy or will be sold on Ziggy. And I told him, I said, hey, in the interim, man, as we're getting you logged onto the site, do you want to come out and be a part of this pop-up and meet a bunch of our friends and try to sell some some men's and women's stuff. Anyways, he came out, sold quite a bit, and uh, we just kind of brought him right into the community. And that was so cool for me to see because in the space that they're in, they make hyper-ethically created stuff. Like they, they, their family owns the factory oh, in, wow. in Rajasthan, in India. Everything's like hand-loomed, hand-block printed, like just crazy awesome stuff. But... They're never really in this specific scene that we're kind of creating. And man, they were stoked because a lot of times with those companies, they get invited to bigger, bigger things like revolve parties and stuff where things tend to be just not fun and, and made of plastic. And what we were doing at Gooch Collective was raw. And it was 
it was great. <laughs> just raw dogged it. Raw dog. So, uh, so, yeah, sorry, really quick, two part question. Um, so while while we're while we're still let you know, let's stick with a with a close for just one second. Um, sorry, Josh. Yeah, Josh was holding the microphone, and I felt bad. <laughs> um, but oh, so first of all, you know, this might date it too much, but are you planning on keeping it at the Rogue Collective? Is that going to be kind of home base? Are you going to move locations? Well, the, as we said earlier, the they did two at the Rogue Collective now because this is coming out a little bit later. Okay, so, so I I guess we'll find out what happens next, baby. Um, but then are <laughs> yeah, but I, then gotta, are I can't there... give you everything. Okay, you have to buy the book. You got to buy the book. <laughs> but um, are there are there any like brands you could talk about that are going to be involved in the future that maybe aren't right now? Yeah, um, I mean there there's a few people that are also going to be on the Ziggy website. Mm-hmm. Uh, people that I have pre-existing relationships with and they trust me and, and I trust them. I'm not going to throw any names out there right now, but I'll just say... you got to read the book. you got to read the book. I'll just say that it's going to be a lot more complimentary brands that are mm-hmm. very handcrafted and, and just obsessively produced. And you said, so they're going to be like, you know, you've done two at the Rogue Collective now, yeah. right? And mm-hmm. so for the... Like, do you know where you're going to have it, you know in the future or is it always going to be like at a store or do you think it maybe rent out a, like a you warehouse know, space or something dude, like that honestly the way josh and i look at everything is the sky's the limit we want to maintain so the next one's going to be in the sky it's going to be in the sky yeah we're going to do it on a big plane um <laughs> sounds fucking awesome elon musk yeah. of uh, uh, spacex we're sponsored by tesla thanks for my new car yeah we're the next event is gooch collective collab with spacex yeah. where we're gonna be gooch collective x SpaceX. yes exactly you're yes. gonna you're gonna be the first people sent to the mars colony yes, yes and of course. we could easily die but like he said like we're going for this yeah. thing. Pretty hard. the sky's the limit so um okay back to the sky's the limit idea uh josh and i we really like what's going on right now we really like the reaction we love that our friends and cold reaction <laughs> we're we got a good reaction man uh, we love that our friends are feeling welcomed into certain communities that they oftentimes wouldn't be uh, welcomed into just because the fashion scene in LA can sometimes be quite harsh. The music scene can oh, also yeah. be quite othering, you know? And so we want to maintain our integrity. We want to maintain how organic things are, but we would like to grow this. I, our main thing is that we have seen so many friends have such a good time and we just want more people to feel that way. It's as simple as that. Great, we, had, we had a great time. And that, and that yeah, makes it was a lot us, of fun. And, and the thing is, you guys have been friends with us for a little while now and have been around some of the things going on. And been we've around. Had, we've, been, we've been around. And we've, we've had a little bit of fun elsewhere. There's other people who haven't really experienced any of all of us yet. Mm-hmm. And I'm so excited to bring more people on. I don't know if there's like a capacity. I don't think there is. But dude, I mean, at a certain point... I would love to, with Josh, be able to rent, you know, a huge warehouse space yeah. and have, you know, 500 to 1,000 people in there, tons of brands that I represent, like food trucks inside of there, a huge stage, publications there. We broadcast it online. I just, I want people, and Josh does too, we want people to feel the way um, people felt at these small intimate, intimate events. We want them to feel that way even at a big event. So I think the main thing with us is we want to scale organically. We don't want to just bump it up. Yeah. And so we're going to use the connections that we have. We're going to use 
um, our positive energy, and we're going to use our contacts. Pause ends, as they call pause. it. Pause. We're going to use our slight pause energy, and we're <laughs> going to try to create something that's uh, rad and also sustainable. Uh, we we want to do these every month, and we're gonna we're gonna keep it that way. We're gonna keep okay. it popping. That's very ambitious, by the way. I can't believe. Like I remember after like Wellama. Like he goes, oh yeah, we're gonna do it next month. I'm like, holy shit! Like really? <laughs> like it took me like like a day and a half to like edit the pictures, and then it, I took even more pictures at the good. And at you're the, like, this is gonna be the, my life now, every goddamn <laughs> month. That's kind of cool though. I mean, like honestly, hanging out with you guys and doing the podcast, it's like it's given me and Spencer something to like kind of yeah, look forward to. Fun. Like every weekend, there's been something it's, happening. It's, it's, it's been, been really cool. It's been really fun. I'm, yeah. It's I'm been really fun. About it. Yeah, yeah. Baby. And the, and the nice thing, like Garrett was saying, like there kind of is no ceiling as long as Garrett and I keep an eye on not even. Glass who one. is involved you know what i'm saying like yeah. like who are the brands who are the people f- like shooting the the musicians who are the people photographing the event and uh, garrett and i want to keep an eye on that all the way up through it so there's nobody there's no kind of like sour grapes sneaking into this no idea. no grapes of wrath at all you know um no steinbeck like Garrett was saying like there, there's so many events in la that like the whole point of the event is to like make people feel like Garrett's like doing like, uh, like mimicking like selfies than. and stuff you like know what that. I mean? yeah. It's like a bunch of people just like showboating. They aren't inviting. The whole point is to just show off what you have, and mm-hmm. it's all that's all bullshit. And we'll, I'm sure we'll talk BS, about that. BS, I think, is what, is what they say. Yes, um, well. <laughs> we don't like to fucking swear. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not a big fan of cussing. <laughs> Jeez, another one with the cussing. I know. <laughs> but why don't we talk about how you know what, what you contribute now? You can you know the you're in charge of the music side of it, and what you've mentioned before is that these guys that you you know that you bring on have worked with some like some other great musicians, other great bands, and everything like that. Yeah. So almost everybody that I hire on are either personal friends of mine or kind of like acquaintances, and even some people that I've straight up called up that I didn't know that I had recommended from people that I trust musically, and they just said call this guy. He's awesome. He would love to do this. So there was people that I just called up out of nowhere. Uh, the first event at Wellama was all people that I, that I knew and like really trusted because it was the first event. Yeah. Um, but I mean, we've had people from Neil Young's band, Ben Fold's band, Nora Jones, Ziggy Marley. Like who's Ziggy Marley? Oh, okay. Jeez. Um, <laughs> this, this might not be a joke because Ethan doesn't really know much about music oh, outside yeah. film scores. <laughs> hey, I've heard of, have you guys heard of a little guy I like to call? The Beatles. One time I played a Rolling Stones album and Ethan said, I don't think I've ever heard a Rolling Stones song before. <laughs> okay, oh, so to, I, to be quite fair though, what I meant was I probably have heard a Rolling Stones song, I just didn't know it was them. That doesn't make it okay, much better. When they, when, they, when they play songs on the radio, I, okay, this is this reflects this really is, badly this is on Ethan's me. radio corner. But, but like, hey, like, when people DJ, play, say the name of the song yeah, no, that's what I'm saying. Like, there are some people out there who don't know all the music if people. You, so, if you think a lot of people are in their car going like, "I didn't know these were Beatles songs," and agreeing with you, that's not happening. Yeah. <laughs> I feel so alone. <laughs> but then Ethan does that, like, "Oh, name this, you know, song from a movie," and I never know unless it's like, "Come on, Star dude!" Wars. So, <laughs> not every movie is Star Wars, okay? <laughs> So, so with the musicians, like basically everybody that's coming out, they're they're essentially they have the same job I do in a sense, which is we're hired guns. We get hired by artists to you play people. on their tours, or we get hired to play on people's albums. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're kind of session musician and hired gun touring guys, and they're really like that that job. I'm going to extricate myself from this. These are some of the best musicians in the world. I know you know a lot of people that just show up at the event. 
if you're not really immersed in the music community, you don't really know like who these sidemen are. But like, there's a reason that people like Ziggy Marley and Neil yeah. Young are hiring these people. Like, they can literally choose anybody in the world. They they have a ton of money. They can literally pick whoever they want, and they're picking these people, and um, they're really special. And I feel incredibly fortunate to get to work with these people. Can you, can you name some of those people? I know I've met, like, you know, just casually taking a picture of you guys, but... <clears throat> yeah, um, so some of the people at the last event, uh, Adam Levy was one of the guitar players. Adam has played with uh, Nora Jones and Tracy Chapman. He's played with all of these different local musicians who are unbelievable. He plays mm-hmm. jazz, he plays uh, rock, he plays, he plays everything. He's an unbelievable musician, and that was our first time playing together, and it was so much fun. Um, and we had, uh, on the other guitar player was Mason Stoops, who's just absolutely killing on guitar and is becoming just like a rising star in the guitar community and, uh, is a good buddy of mine. And he came out and we had other musicians like, you know, why not was one of the bass players from the last event played in the George Harrison set. He's one of the guys that I literally never met. Oh, wow. I talked to one of the players, Mark Stepper, who was a drummer on the first Gooch Collective event. And I said, who, you know, who can do that kind of Paul McCartney bass thing, which is a kind of rare style of bass playing? And he just gave me his name. He's like, call this guy. He'll love to do it. And he came out and just absolutely killed it because we don't do any rehearsals. Hmm. Basically, the way this event works is like I pick a couple artists. Like the last Gooch Collective was George Harrison and the band. So not that's not one name. The band is the name of a band. I know that's super confusing. It could, to be honest, it confused me when you told me. So I, it, it's like it's one of those things where like every time I explain anything about quote unquote the band, I have to explain. I'm I'm like no, that's the name of the band, and it, and then that's confusing in and of itself. Do you, you guys also just make it easier on yourself and say the band called the band? Do you guys that, remember? Sure. Did you guys ever see that that sketch on Animaniacs where it was like the old squirrel? at Woodstock and they were doing a who's on first routine except about the band the who (laughs) (laughs) so I have actually seen that yeah it's It's one of those it's like this circuitous thing where like you never get to an understanding yeah because I saw that before I knew what the who was because it was like like I watched Animaniacs like when I was coming home from like second grade are we talking like the doctor or are we talking like the like Horton the the, the rock no, band. It's the, it, well, here's another one that happens all the time. There's, there's another band from the same time period called The Guess Who. Yeah. And there, that's another gets dad confusing. joke that gets mm-hmm. tossed around with the kind of the who and who. like, yeah. And then it's like, yeah. Um, so, so yeah, the last event was those two artists. And basically what we've been doing is we do one hour of each of those artists, but we do instrumental versions of their songs. Mm-hmm. Um, this upcoming Gooch Collective, which when this is released is going to be in the past, is now we're in we're bringing in vocals. So we're going to have half vocals, half hmm. instrumental coming up. So it's kind of this evolving thing. Like every time we do an event, both Garrett and I on our ends find things that we want to improve, find things that we want to change. The first Gooch Collective event, we did like four different artists and sets of music, which was just too many. Yeah. There's too much turnover. So we, we knocked it back to two. And then we're, we're going to kind of stick with that. So we're, we're learning in the process – um, we haven't had any like big snafus of shit that went like incredibly wrong, but we have had little things where, like, yeah, we'd love to do this. We'd love to start at this mm-hmm. time more. We'd love to introduce this at this time, and we're 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 just learning as we go, like carefully constructing the kind of perfect event um, and allowing for improvisation within the night as well, whether it's musical or just 
like last show, I called Garrett up to dance and just was like, hey, band, we're playing a hip hop Dilla groove in A minor. Go. And Garrett got up and did some like James Brown shit and the fucking audience lost their mind. And that was completely unplanned. Like I briefly brought it up to Garrett as a potential idea weeks before. But like it was one of those things where we want it to be open for that as well. And uh, so, yeah, it's been amazing. And the, and the musicians, we have even more musicians that are coming up on this next event and it's just it's just a blast to get to play music with the some of the best players in the world mm-hmm. and get to introduce people that are maybe not interested and have never heard of quote unquote the band yeah and then they just are all of a sudden sitting there getting to listen to these ridiculously talented musicians play this music and hopefully it gives them an in where they you know who knows they might go home and listen to that that actually happened with ethan it did yeah i think like the after after the last one i was like hey dude you gotta introduce me to some good music and we've been listening to uh steely dan i was gonna say iron dan for a second but i guess I was iron wrong. Dan. that's iron man and that's yeah. that's not it oh oh i'm so sorry i'm so sorry <laughs> but even but after it, that first event you were like what was that song it yeah was a J. exactly J. song so, and you were like i've never heard i don't even know what to call that but i loved it yeah song. exactly so yeah, yeah it's been it, this, it, this is any a testament it's coming from me so well that's i mean that's exactly what i that's the perfect thing though like the, the, if especially if you're not somebody who's into like a bunch of uh, kind of classic bands yeah you're not going to know who J.J. Kale is and you're not going to know the song Def. Magnolia. Like nope. It's kind of a deep cut, but it's one of those That's things where you hear it and you're like, that is beautiful. Yeah, because... That song is gorgeous. Like the, so at the, at, the, at the last one, um, I'm, I'm terrible with names. It was something Mason and something Stoops. Mason Mason Stoops is one guy. Mason Stoops is one guy. <laughs> That's one guy. Mason Stoops is one, and Mason. Adam Levy is the other. Adam Levy. Because they were doing like a, like a like an instrumental... like. It seemed kind of like almost like Les Paul style. Yeah. Yeah. Style they, thing. they recorded a duo album together. They play weekly at um, a coffee shop and have been doing that just as kind of like a prep. And then they did an album. Yeah. And they asked me because they were both playing that night. They're like, hey, do you have any time for us? I was like, well, look, we've got this 20 minute slot before the band. Uh-huh. Not the band. Before the George Harrison <laughs> set and the yeah. full band happens. Uh-huh. Um, and I was like, if you guys want to come out and open the show, it would be a perfect way to just before there's this whole loud thing happening it's like two guitar players playing beautiful instrumental music yeah. together yeah but no i because yeah i loved it now i has the album hasn't been released right it has not they were super ambivalent i think they're trying to create some sort of folklore yeah. about their album because uh, i am you can, i am you can go see them in pasadena on, yeah uh, on wednesday, like morning. Th- wednesday yeah, morning wednesday morning i can't morning. remember the name of the coffee like, shop but look like john's coffee shop something like that Just john, go on um, adam levy's instagram or on mason stoops instagram yeah but i am i am definitely looking forward to that album it was great yeah great and, set. And, and that was once again that was a thing where the week before the event or a week and a half before they were like, Hey, can we do this? And I was like, yeah, let's do it. Mm-hmm. And it was just, it was a last minute thing and it t- totally ended up working yeah. out. Um, and the Boba situation there was kind of the same thing. And uh, the nice thing about them kind of warming up the stage and doing something very soft and not crazy, you know, before the, you know, we really turned up the amps was that I, it gave me an opportunity to kind of walk around. And as people came in, I could mingle with them, mm-hmm. introduce them to the designers and the owners of some of yeah. these companies it was very cool, calm, and collected. It was it was nice. That one that was one of those things where you kind of roll with it. And this one, us just kind of adding them to warm up the stage, made the entire event better. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I think it was just kind of that gradual arc of intensity of the night yeah. went up, and and they they were so great. I'm so glad that they came in and did that. It was really really awesome. Yeah, no, we had we had a fun time. Fun I mean. Time. 
a little ft as i as yeah. i like to call it <laughs> but yeah that, w- that was super cool thank you for sharing uh, about the gucci collective i know that we've been wanting to have both of you guys on together yeah. and uh you know you guys can follow at gooch collective on instagram to get you know more i know the individual instagram accounts will plug at the end but you can follow them and you'll you know you'll learn more about these as they come out because they're every month right Every month, I'm I'm gonna be leaving to go on tour. That's right. But, that's right. Uh, you know, Garrett and I have already been talking about a way of of maintaining the same the same general idea. Mm-hmm. Things will be a little bit different. The music will be slightly different, but the events will continue on. Um, I'm gonna do as much as I can from the road to kind of do any kind of assistance that I yeah. can on the musical end of things. And Garrett's gonna keep bringing in brands, and we're gonna keep this thing going. So when I get back to tour, we're I'm gonna jump right back in and and like Garrett said, like we we are. We want to build this thing to the point where it is – we can kind of do anything we want yeah. with it, and it's absolutely huge, but without sacrificing what makes right. it great. Because right. you see this happen all the time with clothing brands and musicians and everybody. It's like to at a certain point, they start sacrificing like what makes them cool mm-hmm. and what gives them their inherent um, – Authenticity, kind of maybe? Authenticity, yeah. and without that – you're nothing. Yeah. So so we, we we're looking to maintain that for as long as we we can and we're really focused on doing that. Yeah, they, yeah. It's it's super cool that you guys do it because I don't think Spencer and I would have ever have heard or be even be invited. I mean, I'm sure that there are fashion and music events all the time. Yeah. You know, in LA. But, you know, having you guys do it this way is like it's so tangible for uh-huh. us and we've brought our friends to it who they not necessarily are yeah they're not into fashion as much as we are or they're not into music or whatever but they they love going i'm inviting my other friends that they we all met last night at the uh, at the arc barcade i think is what they the barcade, was yeah. that what they say oh yeah the little ba and so yeah i'm glad and, you guys and, are doing and it and that's exactly what we want uh this is word of mouth this is a friend telling oh. a friend telling another friend we're not we we really we're not trying to build it out in a in a disingenuous way mm-hmm. like we were talking about. The way you can pack out a place is you can you can buy ad space, you can you can market to people within a certain geographic region, within a, a certain age range, certain occupation, average household income. You can do these things. You can pay money to just get a bunch of people there. But what would it be? Yeah. It, what would it be? It, what we want is we want our rad friends to invite more rad friends. We want to keep this to a a tight knit group that grows organically and maintains its integrity. That's that's a good way to end this this first segment. Thank you, thank you guys for telling us about that. Cheers. Cool. So we're gonna be taking a quick break right now, and um, afterward we'll be talking about uh, thrifting and ethical consumerism, just because we all like menswear and fashion and. Uh, and yeah, we'll be. Re- Let's get ethical. Ethical. We'll be right back. Hi, guys. Welcome back to Style and Direction. The well, it's a men's podcast about the stuffiness. Um, we just finished our first segment, and in this segment, we're going to be delving into our topic, which is about thrifting. Uh, ethical consumerism and basically you know how we approach buying clothes now mm-hmm. I can't speak for everyone here but I know that when we talked to all just a few episodes ago we learned that Ethan's uh, he's, he's hungry he's got a huge <laughs> wait, you know, wait, appetite wait, hold, on, hold on was that on the podcast or was that the after conversation oh shoot 
secret lore. Yeah. Well, okay. So let's let's add some context. So if you guys go back and listen to that one, and if it's not there, uh, we know after we finished the podcast, you know, Spencer and I and Aldous were just we just kept talking. You were just shooting the shit. Yeah, we're just taking, you know, shooting it. And, you know, we were talking about, you know, why we spend money on vintage when we could be buying, like, one really great suit. And, mm-hmm. you know, again, I can't speak for everyone here, but for me, I like having, like, three suits. Now, yeah. I'm not saying that I, would, I wouldn't I would prefer, like, a, a perfectly pristine suit, but I, I like having options. And the way I go around that is by thrifting buying on ebay buying secondhand buying it off of friends and all that kind of stuff as a listener this was on the podcast oh, oh thank was. god yes. thank god yeah, okay no, i listened cool. to that whole podcast did, 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 the, did the hunger yeah. sinister thing did, did, was that on there because i remember all just he saying this whole thing about how he loves mcdonald's and he hates steak i don't think that was on there <laughs> but, okay people okay people make the false equivalence that like oh I mean, I, even though I did bring this up, it yeah. was like, do I want to spend like $100 on like a really good steak or get like an unlimited fries at some random restaurant? But like, I'm, I, I'm really, I'm hungry, man. And same thing with like, you know, with clothing. And it's not that I'm buying like super cheap H&M clothing. I'm still buying quality made stuff for just a lot, you know, a lot more affordable prices. I won't say it's like cheap. I don't really like saying that too much. Um, but again, it allows me to have like a, a big wardrobe that I can mix and match, you know, however I want it. And mm-hmm. I'm not a big fan of minimalist stuff. And, you know, and then, you know, having that mindset, it kind of brings it to like, well, then you're being like, you're super capitalist, you know, you're doing buying into consumerism and all that kind of stuff. And so that's why we want to delve in here and kind of talk about, you know, how we all have it. Cause we all have a lot of clothes. I think, yeah. you know, we, yeah, baby. Oh yeah. You know, if you looked at all of our clothes, I think we all have like, I don't know. Just we all at do least, at least three clothes. <laughs> yes. Collectively, Maybe, collectively f- at least four we're things. We're insane. Yeah, yeah. I mean, from the outside, we do look like organized hoarders. Yeah, I think that's I think that's kind of where the the, the the key distinction there is. I, I I do have a ton of shit, but right. I try to keep it meticulously organized uh-huh. so I at least know where things are. Yep. And because it's like you know the whole reason like you know I I have I I don't think my hunger is as insatiable as Ethan's and it's quite insatiable because like I'm fine like he's like he like he's like I want like you know like five pairs of gray pants where I'm like I have like a couple pair like two sh- different shades of gray and I'm like yeah that's fine out of all fifty. Uh, um, not not shades of gray by Michael Cohen, by the way. If no. anybody was wondering, just nice. shades of gray trousers. But like the reason I thrift is because like I'm broke as fuck. Like I work part time minimum wage, and like anything over like a hundred dollars, I have to like really think about. So that's my main reason for having to thrift. Necessity. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, dude, here's the thing: a lot of us start with this stuff because mm-hmm. of necessity. I mean, yeah. I, I mean, I really dove into this one in my in my personal podcast with y'all was I didn't have a bunch of money to buy all the fancy things that I saw on the interweb when Mm -hmm. I was looking up things when I was getting into fashion and so what I could do was go to a bunch of vintage stores and walk around for hours and try on a million things that didn't fit me at all yeah and then find something that fit me just not that bad and I'd buy it Um, of course now like you know I, I get certain things tailored and I also sew myself and I do a little bit of tailoring to my own clothing but um, back then, I couldn't really do anything. You know, you just have to search your ass off out of necessity. Mm-hmm. And I, I think another, I, I guess we're diving into the, the the thrifting thing. Yeah, we'll do that I, first. Yeah. Okay. Um, because I think for Garrett and I, on top of what he just mentioned, where 
you know, it's, it's the financial thing, especially when you're young. It was also our parents very much were an influence on us as far as find find out a lot about something so you know what you're buying and then go find the good stuff. Like it's like it's kind of this like knowledge factor of you can get good stuff for a good price if you know what to look for. And that was kind of where Garrett and I came from because we, our family wasn't a family that was just would just spend on bullshit. Like it was uh, it was really frowned upon by our parents to just like spend money on on just stuff you you ultimately could have found for a better price you could have oh, yeah, I feel you could that. have learned yeah. more about it and bought a brand that wasn't you weren't paying for the label yeah. but it was equally as good or um so i think that was another factor for us was going in and and just thinking about the fact of like we can outsmart the system because these places that sell the clothing just have like young workers that work there who most of them don't know jack shit about anything let alone clothing um, you know, they're just minimum wage workers for the most part. At a lot of these kind of, um, like I don't want to say vintage shops, but but more just kind of like, uh, you know, uh, uh, wasteland or crossroads or whatever. A lot of them are just young people that want a job and they like clothes, so they get a job there. They're the ones buying the stuff in, and they have no idea when they pull in some like dead stock pair of like military khakis from the forties, yeah. and you or know, like Tom Brown's or Tom Brown stuff, and like. And so that's where that comes from. Like we go in and go like they don't know what they have and we know. And I just found a, you know, $2,500 suit for 200 bucks. <laughs> you know, like that's that's the kind of the holy grail. So it kind of goes back to the thing we were talking about before where it's these L.A. parties where people want to show off how rich they are. For us, that goal for us was like how do we find things that we weren't supposed to find? How do we yeah. like yeah, – okay. you know what I mean? Like the yeah. treasure of it of like knowledge and hunting that is kind of the goal rather than like showing that look I can buy this expensive thing cuz like most people that are really rich have awful style yep and i th- most of the people that i know have the that have the best style are thrifters and they have the most original style i think because it's out of necessity you you don't know what to look for you are just looking through a giant bin of stuff mm-hmm. if you walk into a goodwill and you can't date that's a 70s Brooks Brothers jacket, and this is a 50s, you know, uh, a 50s jacket. I can tell by the button stance, all mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. Right. That is how you can go in and like really find the stuff. And if you don't have that knowledge, you're just kind of wandering, and it can be really overwhelming. It takes years of a lot of practice. I'm sure Garrett can attest to that, and you guys can too. Uh, I mean, I'd, I'd love to definitely hop back into what Ethan said before about how. Um, I can buy one really expensive thing or I can get, you know, quite a bit of stuff that's thrifted, takes a little bit of time to get. Uh, also, I think that comes down to what's really going on in the world in production right now. Mm-hmm. I think we should dive a little bit into that. Yeah, because, yeah, yeah. Because the, the truth is pre, you know, like 67, a lot of the clothes in the world were damn good. Mm-hmm. They were oh, made yeah. on beautiful yep. sewing machines. They were made by people who were happy getting living wages. A lot of the clothes were rad and, and they were they were meant to last a long time. The truth is that as we move towards where we are currently, quality has just gone down. And so what's going on is there is a larger separation now between the low clothes and the high clothes. Way back then, 
slop cloth, which is what it was called, stuff that had already been pre-assembled and made, you know, small, medium, large, that was like for poor people, slop cloth, right? Slop cloth is normal for us now. Mm-hmm. We just go out and buy small, medium, large and hope that it fits us okay, right? And the cloth is and worse than the old slop cloth was. Yeah. <laughs> exactly, and the cloth is way worse. And then back then, if you weren't buying slop cloth, you were getting everything custom-made, custom-made suits and custom-made trousers and it, it was amazing. So where we are right now is you can buy slop cloth, but literal garbage clothing from places like H&M that are made by um, arguably young kids who shouldn't be on sewing machines or people who aren't getting enough money to actually give their family a real life and not be you know suffering. You can buy that garbage or you can buy something that's thousands and thousands of dollars that honestly might not even be that great. You might just be buying it because the name associated with it is making you spend mm-hmm. so much money because yeah. it costs so much money for them to market how cool they are. That's not worth it. So now let's move back to vintage. What we're doing right now is we're buying the stuff that was made well back then. And the mm-hmm. truth is, it's just as good, if not better, than the good stuff you can get custom made right now. Oh yeah, And that's the truth, man. The, the, the way we used to weave fabrics the how meticulous the sewing was everything matters we're buying the stuff that was made well back then well because also like you know people people were especially during like the great depression people could not afford to get a new suit every like three or four years like you know you look at you look at old photos and if you know like the details of like you know the the history of tailoring you can look at a photo from like 1950 and say it's like that guy's wearing a suit from like the like early 30s something like that because you know they they kept that shit forever and it it was made to last forever as well yeah but i I think you know kind of hop on what what garrett was talking about is that you know back then i think fashion wasn't exactly something that everyone was into Mm -hmm. like maybe it was only for rich people you know or young people but yeah, but you bought one suit and that was like your business suit. That was your wedding suit. It was your mm-hmm. funeral suit, whatever. And then nowadays you've got like, you know, guys like me who have a suit for every single thing that you want, <laughs> you know, or, you know, or just yeah, like, maybe. or like but, jeans for like anything that you want. And, you know, and then yeah. that's what drives the whole thing of like, you know, where they, you get like jeans for 20 bucks because then you can buy like five that were cheaply made because then you can wear them how many times you want you can be trendy you can get them different cuts and, and, and whatnot well and, and the really ironic thing here is that um, all of our wardrobes for the most part I think whether they're vintage or secondhand or, 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 or thrifted or whatever there's oh, I think what brings it together is the fact that it's secondhand like it's something mm-hmm. that was pre-owned by somebody else or, or something right. like that um, we can actually have these um, big meticulously crafted wardrobes that we love and and cherish and appreciate the craftsmanship, and yet they still cost less than what people are spending at H and M to yeah. buy trash. Oh yeah, that's the craziest thing. Is I can go, man, I'm I'm wearing this this whole outfit that if you actually like delineated the the actual cost that it would mm-hmm. be like for this all new would just be astronomical. Astronomically right. priced, and then I'll see somebody else that's wearing all H and M. I'm like, this actually cost me like 150 bucks for everything I'm wearing, mm-hmm. and it's like you know, vintage floor shine imperial dress, like wingtips, and like these amazing uh, trousers that were like made of like in 100 wool and were like hand stitched, and like it's amazing that that we can have these wardrobes that we really appreciate so much, and yet we're still spending less, and we're not 
uh, causing the same issues of, of the environment yep. of production that's going on with all this H&M stuff. I don't mean to single H&M out. They're awful, but there's a lot of other ones that are awful too. Forever um, 21. Yeah, Zara, the whole the whole thing. It's like they're all just they're they're just crushing the planet one one shirt at a time. Yeah. I, I think what we just noticed right here is the accidental perfect segue of talking about thrifted things to talking about conscious consumerism. Oh yeah. And it's funny because Josh doesn't work in the conscious consumerism space. I do, and I love hearing this happen because Josh is the perfect case study for this for what people should try to do and if they don't have the opportunity to thrift things buy from companies who are creating things ethically Mm -hmm. that means either made in usa production or you know hyper ethically made goods that are made abroad people are doing great things in places like china where most things are bad people are doing beautiful things on on communes in india where they're feeding families educating children, giving them childcare, feeding them. There's farms, organic cotton. It's good things are going on in the world. And if you don't have the time to go out and search like we do, there are so many opportunities to buy things from really great companies that might have a little bit of an intimidating price tag when you're comparing it to Forever 21. Right. But I promise that pair of jeans will last you longer than the 10 pairs of jeans you're going to buy in the meantime. Buy it right right out the gate buy it from ziggy and buy it from ziggy baby and and you know if you're not the type of person that's that's like us that's way into menswear and is willing to spend the time and enjoys spending the time looking at thrift shops and looking at vintage shops and all these things we talked about you can have a really quality smaller wardrobe oh yeah from these yeah. types of companies mm-hmm. where if you do go out and buy stuff from like we mentioned 2120 handcrafted or like the teenaged or knickerbocker or this yeah. there's a bunch of these really great companies the hillsides another company um there's there's so many of them um that you you could have a really great small wardrobe that's made ethically that's not crazy price tags like none of the companies i just mentioned are are charging a lot for especially for what they are now yeah. in comparison to trash at the mall it's actually still not that much steeper than that, but it is a little bit more. But that, I think we need to push people in that direction of like taking that step of going, I'm going to spend $75 more on this pair of jeans, but in the long run, it's going to save me money and I'm going to feel better about the fact that I'm buying ethically. And I know just human nature is just kind of leads towards the immediate um, gratification. Uh, it's just the way that the human mm-hmm. mind works. But the more awareness we have of like this stuff does matter and if you just make minor changes to your purchasing habits, you could greatly affect the world as well as construct a wardrobe that you can be proud of yeah. as well. And and it can be small. You can have one pair of jeans, one or two pairs of dress trousers, a couple – like you can have a really small wardrobe like Aldous talked about last week. Like, Oh, yeah, yeah. Now, granted, he – or maybe that wasn't last week now, but his episode – now, granted, he's very into menswear and he's willing to look for stuff, but at the same time, he said that like he ha- essentially has a-, a uniform idea of what he looks like. He has a couple variations, but that's pretty much it. And th- there can even be a lesser point where you're not as interested in menswear, but you still have that kind of uniformity of like, I like boots, I like selvage denim, and I like t-shirts because I live in LA and it's hot. Yeah. And I like to wear a cap, so why don't I buy like an Ebbets Field cap instead of a new era cap that's made in China? Mm-hmm. It's like little changes like that. Like Ebbets Field caps 
are actually not even more expensive than a new no, era they're, cab. They're like they're fifty dollars, and they're made actually about four minutes from our parents' house in yeah. Seattle. And like we go in and talk to humans that are making these hats, and they are awesome. I have a huge collection of Ebbets hats. Mm-hmm. I think that they're fantastic. They're all made ethically, and you're not even breaking the bank any more than you would to buy a new, you know, New York Yankees hat or whatever yeah. you're into. Like it's these types of just slight changes that don't actually have a long-term effect on your wallet they might have a very just at first you might be like oh i'm not used to spending that but that's because most people are used to buying dumpster feed for and, clothing and because i could be talking out of my ass right now because i don't know how the Do industry it. works let's talk it out i have a because i like i also imagine that like you know the profit margins for companies like h&m even though they're selling clothes that are cheaper they probably have like higher profit margins because they're they're selling a pair of jeans for like maybe 40 bucks it probably like labor you know materials probably cost them like you know maybe less than 10 something like that and but then you 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 get to like you know companies that are producing uh like you know like jeans with like really high quality fabrics they're paying people fair wages stuff like that you know like i bought a pair of uh teenage denim I can't wait to receive them in the mail. Haven't yet. Um, for $60. And I'm like, you're probably not making a whole lot of money off that sale, but yeah. But yeah, it's 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 like now, but it's also a product of, you know, they had overstock from their past uh-huh. season and we kind of, we all, I think actually everybody here ordered a pair, right? Yeah. Everybody here. Yeah. Yep. We all ordered a pair. Garrett's the only one that has his. Yeah, baby. I got him first, baby. Yeah. And they look, they look fantastic mm-hmm. and they're, there once again, it's like this idea of they're a company that's based on vintage ideals mm-hmm. as far as like the making of the products. It's even it's even vintage inspired um, from from a design perspective. But there's there is modernity involved in it. There's yeah. modernity in the way that they use social media. I know you guys talked about that on Garrett's episode. I, I think the teenage is doing a great job with that. And and I want to say another shout out to Knickerbocker because I they're a company that. I mean, a lot of these people that work there are like really close to our age, like all of our ages mm. here, and they are absolutely crushing it um, in kind of every way. That you know, on the ethical side, their price points are fantastic yeah. for what it is. Um, we've we've even bought stuff for our dad for his birthday. Like we bought him like hats and stuff, and just sent it up to Seattle because we're like, this stuff is a great price point, and it'll last our dad forever. Like, mm-hmm. shouts out to pops, you look great. Yeah, we got him a. Uh, fisherman's cap from uh, Knickerbocker. It's it's funny because I got mine. I heard about them through Cody and I got two beanies from him and they're so great. I wear them all the time. Yeah. And quick amendment to my, what am I wearing today? Because I wasn't wearing it when we were talking about it. I brought, I got this yesterday. I'm showing, I'm holding it up as if he's showing us. He's showing us right now. Like Um, it's on, like it's on a camera. You buy things on television. You Uh, hold your hand underneath it. It's the olive drab uh, or just olive beanie because yesterday it was raining yeah, and yeah, we we walked into we, Raggedy Threads, and, and I we, saw him, and I was like, "Fuck!" Well, I guess I'm today's the day, boys. And then two of my <laughs> other friends bought them too because they've been used to seeing me wearing them all the time, yeah. and they yeah, it's it's everyone's cool, gonna think we're liars. We just said it rains in Los Angeles. <laughs> it doesn't like happen. Shouts out to Raggedy Threads, one of yeah. my favorite shops in LA great, and New York. Great store. Yeah. Currently wearing a ring that I got there. It's a vintage uh, sterling silver ring, probably made uh, in the southwest and it's got some inlaid turquoise shouts out to uh, jamie at raggedy threads they've got a location in new york in los angeles do you think that you know kind of moving on here that 
to fix the problem of people buying cheap is that maybe we should tell people to kind of be more intentional of what they're buying because the one of the reasons that we, I think we all buy vintage is the details that you just uh-huh. literally you can't find anywhere else. Dude, it's, it's education, man. I, th- I think when it comes down to it, I, th- I think what you're getting at with this is it's it's education. And I, yeah. I think it's I think a lot of times it's up to people like us. It's up to podcasts like this. It's up to Gooch Collective events. You guys have friends who maybe weren't into fashion at all and you got them to buy one of these ethically made goods and they don't oh, yeah. really know the the weight that, that that purchase holds how it's probably supporting a immigrant family of a lady who's sewing in a in a beautiful factory here in the United States and now those people are able to get a, a living wage they don't even understand the weight that one of these purchases holds and I think that we need to acknowledge that. And I think a lot of these brands are doing a really good job on on product and telling their story. But what I'm really interested in as a marketing consultant and as a consumer is hearing more about what happens after the purchase. Because of course, you're going to love the product and it's going to last you a long ass time. It's going to be the future vintage Mm -hmm. because it's actually going to last that long. But knowing about how people are affected means so much. And I, you know, there are some companies that are doing a good job, but one of my goals as a, a consumer and as someone who works in the industry in this space is tell the story about the people who make the clothes, the people who design the clothes, and then once the people are in them, what do they do in their day? It's so important to get the full story, and that's what people are craving because we're so disconnected elsewhere in our lives. That's- and I love that idea of future vintage, which uh, Hiroki Nakamura from Visvim that's like actually a thing that he's actively talked about. He's like, I want to create clothing that will be the future vintage. Mm. And he's actually talked about that. And I, cool. I love Visvim design. I think that they're fantastic. They're, they're, now, those price points are – those are actually high. I mean, yeah. they're, they're fantastically made. But a lot of the companies that we've previously talked about um, and even these brands that are at the Gooch Collective like uh, you know Cody and 2120 and the Raga Man and stuff – they're actually not the price point of like let's say a visvim, which would be considered like high fashion. Yeah. Um, even though it's the, the clothing is not necessarily high fashion, it's designer. Um, yeah, I would call some of the brands that we're talking about uh, like entry level ethical. So solid price points, uh, but you're not having to worry about was this made in a bad way mm-hmm. and is it going to last a long time. I'd say it's entry level ethical. Whereas some of those other brands, Visvim, they don't really put any emphasis on whether it's ethical or not. It's more so just like, dude, this fabric takes so long to loom. Uh, the dyeing process is unbelievable. Also, John Mayer wears it. Yeah, exactly. And 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 to go back to a thing that, that Garrett mentioned, and I think it, it kind of comes in with these uh, Knickerbocker knit caps as well. This is like a good example of like, that's not something you have to be into fashion to want to wear. Oh, yeah. And, and like, I think you guys have friends, and we have friends, too, that have bought these caps and been like, shit, this is the best beanie I've ever owned. Mm-hmm. It's not too hot. I can wear it in, in cold climates. I can wear it in kind of middle-of-the-road climates. I can dress down suiting with it. If I, Even if it's somebody that wears a suit to a job and they're not stoked about it like, like Ethan is, it's just somebody that would wear a suit to their job and then be able to put a beanie on after. It's a big thing. And another thing is, you know, I have a lot of friends and a lot of them are who are musicians who are like interested in aesthetic but don't necessarily put a bunch of time into learning about menswear and stuff like mm-hmm. that. They come up to me all the time and ask about items. Sometimes they're vintage. Sometimes they're these kind of brands that we've been talking about. And it's like people notice this stuff 
it's almost like people need to be given more credit for like they they see something that's different than the typical mall brand stuff and they yeah. do notice they might yeah. not always say something but people do notice and it's 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 kind of like an, here's another music analogy analogy it's like when you listen to music that's not overproduced and that was was crafted with like real love and meticulously crafted it's like it's like you know you listen to the beach boys and you're like this was music made from the heart mm-hmm. and it's like you hear radio music now and you're like this was made in a lab yeah and it like the engineer you can see their face just kind of being like all right let's do another take and knowing that they're going to edit it and they're going to edit the drums they're going to edit it's like it doesn't really matter what they get because they can edit it all on a computer and but it's kind of the same idea with clothing where it's like when you see something from a mass-produced company, there's no love. Mm-hmm. And even people that aren't into clothing, when they see something outside of that, they go like, what is that? Oh, yeah. Like, I, I get the, the piece of clothing I get the most compliments about. It's my movement watch. Just kidding. We're not sponsored. <laughs> but it is, it is, my, it is my watch. Just kidding. It's uh, Vincero watches? <laughs> Shut. Um, it's Rolex. We're it's sponsored by brain. Rolex. Nope. Uh, it's, it's actually my regular watch, which is, I don't even know the brand because it's like from the 50s and it doesn't exist anymore. And also, it's kind of dark in this room and I can't read the label. And you're welcome, Spencer. Yeah, Ethan got it for me from the uh, flea market and I, I paid him so it wasn't, oh. it was like I just bought it remotely. <laughs> but <laughs> I get- The proxy. Yep, I I get a ton of compliments on it, and the thing that people always point out is like, oh, that's a small watch because it's it's different than the giant, the big ass watches. Like watches are so oh, big now. Oh, you mean now. there's not? It's not diamond plated, and exactly. there's not gold everywhere. Yeah, yeah. But that's the point. Is like now yeah, it's people, become like a watch is now used, be, especially because people have phones. It's just used as like a statement piece, uh-huh. and, it's, and it's not just a watch it, that I used to look at the time. Yeah, and I mean, so, I I end up wearing watches sometimes that I've that I've forgotten to wind up, and it's not mm-hmm. actually telling the time. But it's that's, still that's this one right now. Yeah, huh? and, and that happens. But but it's more the thing of like you're not wearing it to be like look at how big of a watch face uh-huh. I can buy, yeah. or how much money I have, and how much I spent on it. It's more so like. Look how beautiful this old thing is. Yeah. And this was made so much different than your watches that you see today. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like earlier today, I, I ended up taking it off not too long ago, but I was wearing my grandfather's watch. For Christmas this year, Garrett and I received our grandfather's watches mm-hmm. from World War Two. Oh, wow. Garrett got a Man, brown one, awesome. I got a black one. And and just looking at the like beveled glass, you're like, oh, shit, that's a whole other level of craftsmanship that like I actually – realized as i got it on christmas day like i don't think i've seen a modern watch with like a like beveled glass mm-hmm. and all that stuff ever and especially seeing one the size of this watch it's like it's so beautiful it's small but it doesn't look dainty like it yeah. still looks like masculine but it's not being like Ugh, like knuckle dragger like giant watch face mm-hmm. show off bs you know also, another point on this, and maybe it's because now I've been exposed to a lot of things in the, the leather goods area, uh, these straps are real leather. Uh, something you're going to notice in most watches now, un- unless you go way high, if you get something that's a leather ba- band watch, it's <laughs> not real leather. It's, it's polyurethane. Mm-hmm. There's a reason why if it gets a little bit wet and you wear it a little while, it tears. And that, that plastic that's on top of it falls apart. It's because it's not real leather. Yeah. And so the cool thing about some of these vintage watches that we have is uh, they chose to make it right then. And what we're talking about now is things where you buy them and you're going to continue to experience 
uh, diminishing returns from buying from these same companies because they're just going to get more greedy and use worse materials and your clothes are going to literally fall off of your body. Also, man, watches, they're ugly, man. Modern watches are really ugly. No, like, okay, I feel, I don't know if it's because I... We're going to get into this in some other topic, but I, I watch YouTube videos of people that we're not going to explicitly mention, but it seems that in the past, like three years, like watches are like the latest craze uh-huh. of fast fashion. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they talk, they can say all, uh, they can read off the copy all they want, but I'm, I don't see anything attractive about these watches. No, they're like what? the giant watches that have like three different like dials on it's, them. It's yeah. awful. It's, it's out, baby. You know, and there's, so there's stuff like, you know, they put wood in because apparently wood i mean wood is like two years old already you know yeah. all the wood craze <laughs> you know so it, it's it's weird to me or i guess it makes sense you know seeing where we're going with this consumerism thing yeah and, and another thing and this kind of goes back to that suiting thing that, mm-hmm. that spencer was talking about before um this also goes back to the kind of military background of our grandfather yeah the condition military heritage okay the condition on that he kept these watches in is incredible yeah. because he actually cared for he he knew that these these watches were carefully crafted, but he also knew they were meant to last him, and he took care of them. Mm-hmm. It wasn't a world where he was just going to break it and just go buy another one. Like it's it's one of those things where you learn to love something. It doesn't mean you can't live in it, and you mm-hmm. have to live like you're in a bubble. But it's amazing. Like our our grandfather Garrett and I's uh, grandfather uh, James Senior Gooch. He he was an active dude. He was a boxer on the USS Enterprise and like was an active guy. And yet his watches he kept in this incredible condition because he was taught when he was young, like you fold your clothes up, you yeah. put them away every night, you make sure you at you get a fresh crease, you make sure that looks good, you make sure it's dry clean, you make sure your your shoes are polished. Mm-hmm. And like he lived like that the rest of his life. I mean, he was in in the military early on, obviously. And he lived like that. We even even before we were into fashion or anything, we would see like, oh man, like we just met up with our grandparents, and Grandpa looks like a boss. And it's like six in the morning, and he's like completely together. He's not necessarily into fashion at all, but he just was like, it was all about like I'm going to look good. We're going like if we're going to church or it wasn't something we really did too much. But they they would go they would go all the time, and he would make sure like if they went and they're going in public and they're representing the Gooch family, like he wanted to look good mm-hmm. and he wanted to look put together. And it's, it's so funny on that topic too. He ended up when he got back from being on the enterprise during world war two, he opened a dry cleaning business that he huh. had like for the rest of his life. So um, maybe in our blood, we have like this um, obsessive nature to like really make sure that things are concrete and um, put together. Mm-hmm. Maybe we got a lot of that from him. There's a lot on our, our mom's side as well, but that's that's interesting to to acknowledge right now, seeing that he I mean he owned a dry cleaning business and yeah, now yeah. and now we make sure our clothes are crisp. Yeah. Huh. We got steamers now, baby. Cool. Steam that. Steam that shit. <laughs> so to move on to a slightly newer topic, like do it. It's it's cool that you know, we're into men's where people who are into fashion should, you know, they shouldn't go to H and M, they shouldn't go to all these other, you know, crappy fast fashion brands to shop for clothes. But what about for guys who don't like fashion who want to have the opportunity to experiment because what i've heard is like oh yeah i could buy like salvage denim for like a 100 bucks which is on the affordable end of something that's still really well made but you know what if they don't want to wear salvage like what if they just want like a regular pair of jeans are you, that doesn't... Are you talking about me and duck boots right now <laughs> well what, what i'm saying is you know 
well, my go-to whenever I have that is like, why don't you try thrifting it? Mm-hmm. You know, and I guess you know if we can yeah. go back on that for a little bit. But a lot of people don't like doing that, and it, it totally, baffles man. me totally. And and the thing is, so on on that topic, let's just say we're talking about denim because it's a really good topic to go on. For sure, because a lot of people when they go from uh, Forever Twenty One jeans, they think that the next step is buying, you know, twenty one ounce salvage denim right is cardboard when you wear it right out the gate right no there are very cool companies one of them i recently came in contact with they're actually going to be a part of ziggy that website Uh, they're called outland denim and i think everything is made in cambodia by women who were in the past affected by the slave trade business these women are sewing 75 percent of the time the other 25 percent of the time they're actually learning how to read and write and it's, it's like this whole beautiful thing. So it's ethically produced, but I'm not talking like raw, salvage, this and that. Solid, like good stretch denim, not crazy rise, very simple stuff that you, you might see similar looks at H&M and Forever 21, but dude, it is really, really made well and out of beautiful fabrics that they are looming at those facilities. So talk about fixing a problem in the world and then also and making sure you're not creating another and then also getting people to reroute some of their um their mind when it comes to uh consumption mm-hmm. yeah and, and on the thrifting end like obviously obviously there are companies like Garrett just mentioned but on, on the thrifting end you if, if you if you're somebody that that maybe you feel like you have to try them on in person and you live kind of remotely and there might be a giant uh swap meet that's near you you can go there and try on, you know, brands that you're aware of like Levi's or Lee or Wrangler and just try on vintage pants because all of those pants were already made. Mm-hmm. They already exist. So wearing those pants is is taking zero effect on it's kind of it's kind of that middle ground, right? It's not ethical consumption of modern brands, but it's it's at the very least you're not going to the mall and and consuming trash and, and, and then and probably you can like it returning on. it or whatever like or throwing it away after you don't want it anymore yeah and you, and you could try it on you could try it on in person and i think our i mean I, I can speak for myself here i think my wardrobe is probably um 80 percent uh secondhand items right and then 20 percent ethically consumed modern brands and of that 80 percent that's secondhand i'd say probably 50 to 60 maybe 70 percent of that is vintage and then the other stuff is like stuff we, t- we talked about like tom brown and like the suits that i have from tom brown were made in new york by human beings like like in like 07 when he was yeah. fa- fairly new so there's a, there's a nice i try to keep a nice mix in my personal life of like i'm buying vintage i'm buying uh secondhand semi-modern stuff and then i'm also buying ethically consumed modern brands like many of the ones we've just mentioned um, I'd also like to say one thing, just because oftentimes this conversation uh, can come off as us othering people. Mm-hmm. And I think it's super important for people to not right, feel right. that way. And so I, I, I want to make one point here. Um, the denim brand that I just talked about, they're doing amazing work, absolutely amazing work for the world, for that country. They're just doing great stuff. But if you're going to be super ridiculous about it, well, a lot of it's purchased in the United States, and so their carbon footprint is a little bit higher because they're, they're producing there and they're shipping here. Don't 
overwhelm yourself out the gate with those things. The important thing is that you are trying to make certain changes and over time, as we push other people to make these same changes, we're gonna have a, a positive effect on the planet. So out the gate, don't try to make sure that you're buying USA goods only made here, not done this way, it, it's helping people there and also doing mm -hmm. this. You can't have, nobody's perfect. None of these brands are 100% perfect. You just have to find as many positive brands as you can that are gonna make long lasting clothing and convince other people and steer them in the direction of doing the same. It's the most important thing. Don't other people, don't make them feel bad for their mm -hmm. purchases. If you get an opportunity to change someone's uh, purchasing habits, do it because it's going to actually help the planet. Everybody thinks like, oh, if I buy a few more shirts at H&M, it's not gonna do anything. Everyone's thinking that way. That's why we're all fucked up. And that's why there are certain areas in China where denim production is high, where you know one in three kids has a birth defect because they're drinking water where chemicals are poured into after doing weird washes on our denim. There's ways of washing denim without using harmful chemicals. We can have an amazing effect on the planet. It just takes all of us accepting responsibility. It takes us really accepting responsibility. If we all felt like those were going to be our family members or our neighbors affected by these things, it would be, it would be better. Let's act like that. It's, it's, ignorance is not bliss. It's fucking bullshit. Mm -hmm. And I get very emotional when it comes to this topic because I'm very fortunate to hear a lot of these stories from a lot of the brands that I work with. And if, if you're experiencing anything from this, I just want you to know it's, it's not impossible to do. Start simple. Start with one item and once you realize how kick-ass it is and how long it's going to last, get another. Tell your friends about it. Tell your family about it. It just takes one person, and here we are, man. We're going to build a community out of it. Mm -hmm. And and it's interesting. Like even even we grew up like we grew up going to Target and getting clothes. And it's not. And I guess the point here is that it's to like not other people because we weren't going and our, our mom wasn't going to target to get us shirts. Cause she was like, fuck the environment. She just, right. she it was, was overwhelmed yeah. as a mom and had was working and raising kids. Um, so I, I get it just because somebody does go and buy all their clothes at the mall doesn't make them a bad person at all. A lot of the times it's just, there is such an overwhelming amount of information overload in the in the modern age and it's and it's essentially unavoidable so when you can make that personal connection with a person that you know without making them feel like shit like the way i get talked to by like certain vegans in la <laughs> where it's like oh you eat fish and it's like this really like like oh well fuck fuck you hmm. like oh like, you yeah don't okay want, i i don't ever want to make somebody else feel like that because i almost all of it is just a factor of information overload for people where they can only care about so many things it's like you know all of, all of us have uh, iphones almost in, in the united yeah. states and that's not but it's you have to pick and choose and try to find as many things that you can do ethically as possible and it even even if it comes to like hey uh mom i hear there's a new farmer's market that they just opened up maybe um it'd be cool if you went and got some vegetables there instead of going to ralph's or something down the street little suggestions like that it's kind of the same thing with clothing where if you can just kind of steer somebody without preaching to them and and maybe hopefully we haven't come off preaching i know we're sitting and talking amongst yeah. people that are also right. interested in it i i think the key and kind of what garrett was talking about too is that like it is totally fine to start late in your life doing this even and to not beat yourself up 
about the fact that you hadn't done it before and just go like, look, even if I don't go to a mall, that's a, that's a step in the right direction. Even if I buy from like a place that's not the most ethically made, but it's not made by small children mm-hmm. in India, that is, that is a step in the right direction. And in that gradual move away from the mall brand fast fashion thing will lead to a lot of great stuff. And, and, and so I think that if you can encourage people to make those very minor steps that it, it adds up. It's kind of that thing of like, if everybody thinks that it's just one more, yeah, one more shirt, it's one more blah, blah, whatever. That's what, that's what adds up. And every, when everybody's functioning under that mindset, that fucks everything. That's really. What, that's what got us here. That's exactly what got us here. Yeah. Wow. That was, that was good you guys both you guys both made like really good speeches right there you know the the thing is the thing on the top of my head is that what i find with a lot of you know um, ethical brands is that it tends to skew a lot more casual workwear which makes it kind of hard for i guess people more like spencer and i who have like a kind of a classic menswear thing which is still rare in la um, and I guess that's why I guess our thing is more thrifting yeah. and, and vintage than that, you know, and I guess I mean, but we have, you know, as, as we've talked about, like, you know, we've dabbled in a little bit of that, you know, buying like the teenage denim, doing Knickerbocker and everything, you know, getting, you know, hats from Cody or, and whatnot. But, you know, I think it would be cool if someday there would be a way to kind of put that into menswear. And I don't yeah, know. I mean, the, the closest thing I could think of would be like, you know, really small tailor shops where they just well, wh- do everything about- in house. But that's. That's prohibitively expensive for us at the moment. But what yeah, I, think, yeah. I think there's some stuff. What about uh, Common Core shirts? I mean, oh, I'm yeah. wearing oh, that, the, yeah, that's, I'm, that's true. I'm that's true. One right now, you, you mentioned that you I have, own one. Yeah, you have one. I have I, one. It, it, I, I spent ninety nine dollars at it on it, which is less than some of the shirts we sell at Men's Warehouse. So I, that's exactly the point. And from and they're less than a Brooks like, Brothers shirt. Yeah. yeah, I mean, they're like you know, so work at Banana Republic. Mm-hmm. It's like yeah, it's ten bucks more. You know, that's it. it. And these shirts are made in Japan, and as as we all know, and we've mentioned on the podcast a million times, and I'm going to say Ametora again just to get a plug <laughs> yeah. in on this episode, just uh-huh. so it's on every episode. That's right. Uh, Come but, on, Mr. But Marks. That's, that's a good example of like Kamakura is a brand made in Japan, known for meticulous crafting. It's made ethically, and this shirt, like you said, it's like it's like ni- like ninety nine bucks yeah. for a really great Oxford, less than a shirt from Brooks Brothers or Men's Warehouse, mm-hmm. which. As far as I'm aware, neither are making them very ethically. No. Um, I know you work there, so you can't say that. I will. Um, but yeah, it's. I think that it is possible to do it with tailoring. Obviously, right. maybe jackets and stuff are harder. But at the very least, trousers and ties and shirts, things that aren't incredibly labor-intensive, are being done. I think it's slowly happening. It's just people right. need to get the idea of spending more money on tailoring means you're getting something better. And you know, and the, and the thing about thrifting and eBay, buying secondhand, is that these brands you can find them if you want to try them out for yourself without having, you know, not saying that they're super expensive, but if that's a little bit prohibitive to you, I think that's that's why Spencer and I can thrift and yeah. and and do all that kind of stuff. Like, oh, when back when I when I want to try out Kamikori, I tried looking for some in my size, I didn't find anything. But you know, doing it that way, I think is a good way again to experiment, which a lot of people tend to not they don't really want to do it, and I think that's something that Garrett said that we have to educate people. You know, like showing people what good quality is and then giving them an avenue for it and just kind of opening their mind to it, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, and also, I mean, on the topic of Kamakura shirts, the more we support brands like that that are doing what you guys right. are saying there's not right. enough of, the more we support them, the more other entrepreneurs mm-hmm. are going to make companies like that that offer a 
entry level price to something that is you know tailored it's i mean it's it's very important to support the good stuff that's already going yeah. on even if it's not exactly what you want at the perfect price maybe it's 20 dollars more or something like that support it other people are going to see that and there's going to be more amazing companies that are produced and 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 you know brought to life out of that exact purchase mm-hmm. you know it takes a little bit of movement for other people to move. Not everyone wants to be the first mover. And these people... Yeah, these I was people, about yeah. to say movement, movement watches. watches. Movement, Plug in that yeah. sponsor. Wow. Hey, movement watches. Do you want to give us money? Thanks. <laughs> Please By the way, this, don't. all this stuff we've been talking about was just a really roundabout way to give a plug to movement watches. Yeah, MVMT. <laughs> Oh, hi there. This is Other Garrett. Oh, he's back. Oh, he's back. Uh, move him in the watches. <laughs> Would you mind doing a sponsorships to us? Uh, get back to me at 247. 555. Five, five. Come on now. 555. <laughs> five, five. I don't five, think five, they'd five, want to sponsor five, after five, all the uh, kind of the shit we just talked <laughs> we about about like, watches earlier. We just went from like majorly serious, like me getting all intense yeah. to me doing that voice. voice. Let's get back into it. I'll talk to you guys soon. Was that did he just end the podcast? <laughs> I feel like. Well, I feel like we didn't was, even do plugs. Well, we're gonna do. Well, how about yeah? I think that's a good way to end it. You know, I think that. I think that Garrett and Josh both had yeah, but uh, I think they both had like really great points, and they kind of summed it up. I mean, they they talked a lot in a good way because this is something that Spencer and I don't do as much just because i mean we again we thrift a lot more we do classic menswear like and stuff which is again growing in this in that segment and i think they really they captured the i guess the mission of ethical consumerism very well i mean they, and right there I, th- I think that's another component of this you guys know a ton of amazing things about fashion you can teach so many people so many cool things about what they're wearing and what they've thrifted we both are in a similar space, mm-hmm. but you guys can teach us all kinds of things we don't know about some of those vintage tailoring brands. Right. We can help you on the ethical end, and hopefully what you're going to do from this is tell more people about it. You're going to oh, tell yeah. more people about the brands that I maybe consult with that are that are ethical. People were, are going to, because of this podcast, hear about a few other brands. that All we 10 people who listen. All 10 That's people, okay. all nine people. Somebody dropped <laughs> quick, off. Quick shout out to my friend MJ who listens to us, not only on yeah. SoundCloud, but on iTunes because he wants to make sure that we get stuff and listen. Oh, cool. There yeah, we go. Yeah, baby. Anyways, it takes us talking more. And if anything, uh, you guys telling a few of your friends who maybe aren't super into fashion about a couple of these brands and they make a few purchases, that actually has an impact don't think that a small action doesn't have an impact. Yeah. We we got to think big. Think big, baby. Did he just come up with our... our uh, think big, baby. Our think big, baby. Is that, is that our... <laughs> no, is that our, is that our sign-off for this one? Think, you big baby. But I'm oh, just oh gotcha, think, gotcha. Comma, big baby, period. Well, so your new mascot's a big baby. <laughs> yeah. Bo- it's the boss baby. <laughs> it's the boss, it's, damn it. It's big baby. <laughs> That's me. Well, let's move into our final segment. A little something like the call plugs. I literally said that the exact same way Scott Ackerman said it. Put a different name for it since we stole it. Um, <laughs> yeah, we. We'll, we'll figure that out. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we'll, we'll fix that in post. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. The oh, I love the post. By the way, just That's quick shout out. This. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Josh, you want to? Um. Well, uh, you can f- cash me on the gram at. Uh, <laughs> 
I, the thing is, I don't actually even know what that's from. You're so I, on trend right now, and you don't even know it. Dude, you're I'm so ch- on fleek. I'm fleeking so hard right now. Um, you can find me on, on the gram. Oh, Jesus. I hate myself. Uh, Joshua Ray Gooch. Uh, J-O-S-H-U-A-R-A-Y-G-O-O-C-H on Instagram. And um, there's, a lot, there's a lot of content on there. I, I post stuff from... Um, different guitar stuff it's basically like guitar and fashion or kind of music and fashion a little it's really, gina for you it's just and boba so it's really basically yeah. like the, the gooch collective thing like my life is pretty much music fashion friends and boba um that's quick how oh, sum, shoot, I, I sum it all up i couldn't make a abbreviation for all that i wasn't yeah okay my too, bad. yeah i threw too much at you and then also gooch collective at gooch collective on instagram um, we're going to be doing these, and even while I'm on tour, Garrett's going to be holding that torch in town. We're going to miss you, bud. I, I appreciate that, man. I'm, 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 I am very excited to go on tour, but I'm also sad to leave town because this has been – like these Gooch Collective events have really been so much fun. Mm-hmm. Like it, oh, yeah. after that first event oh, yeah. at Wellama, my buddies were like, what's wrong with your face? You're smiling like so – like they're like, who asked you to prom, buddy? And like, <laughs> I, I was like – I've never what's, been what's, to prom. What's that I feel actually like? didn't go to prom. I, I was on. I was touring already. Ethan so and I technically I have sad. also never been to prom because we both went to uh, Christian high schools that didn't use that word. Our mine was called the junior sing, senior banquet. What was yours called? We had junior senior banquet, but again, I think that was only for juniors and seniors. Junior yeah. junior, junior bang, bang fest. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god! Okay, but, that shows that we're brothers. We both wanted to say junior senior banquet. <laughs> We're, we have problems. Yeah. And it's also, thanks, Dad. Yeah. And it also <laughs> thanks, Mom, for allowing Dad to make us this way. Love you guys. Yeah. If my dad were here, he would have made that same joke. But quicker than us because <laughs> my boy's quick. My pops is quick. Uh, here, I'll give, oh, my God. On that note, I'm going to give Garrett the microphone. I don't know which Garrett we're going to get, but we'll find out. Oh, hi there. Oh, it's oh, this yeah. one. Oh. Hello. Um, let me go give a real Garrett the biker a phone. Oh, here it is. Oh, uh, okay. This is real Garrett. Uh, real Garrett's Foley back. Foley work. Yeah, thank you. I'm really getting I love Foley. Dave Foley. I'm really getting Foley. Uh, so I'm going to throw my, my, uh, my Instagram out there. It's at, if you didn't know, you had to put the at there. Uh, Gucci Baby, G-O-O-C-H-Y-B-A-B-Y. One more time, G-O-O-C-H-Y-B-A-B-Y. I'm not going to say it a third time, so I hope you got it either one or two. Um, I'm just going to give a little shout to uh, Blue Maid, B-L-L-U-E-M-A-D-E. That's two Blue L's, Blue Maid guys. with two L's. Um, I think it's so cool in this industry uh, when you get to support each other. Uh, my brother and I ended up supporting them in inspiration. Josh got a sweet cap uh, by them. I got a sweet set of overalls, 100% Belgian linen oh, in yeah, olive I saw green. That. That was, those are cool. They're unbelievable. They're super comfy. They rolled out to the Rose Bowl today nice. uh, because they are in town doing uh, market week uh, at the Line Hotel. And uh, Lily, uh, the co-owner, she bought a pair of shoes from us. Hmm. And it's just it's one of those cool things like you got cool people around you, man. Support them. I think I mentioned this in the previous interview with me on here. Um, it's so important to support your friends. Oftentimes, we'll support some of these big-ass companies that don't care about us at all. They only care about our money. And you have a friend who's like doing handmade goods and working their ass off. Dude, go and help them out and support them. Buy something from them. Let them buy something from you. 
and then shout their name from the rooftops if you actually mm-hmm. believe in them. Uh, it's not a real friendship if, if you don't. And I think that's super, super important. And I'm, I'm gaining a lot of these really cool relationships with, with a lot of these brands that I'm, I'm starting to work with. And getting their support means the world uh, after I have done all I can to support them. So super cool. So shouts out to all those peeps. I got one last quick plug. Okay. Okay. So I'm going on tour this year with Shania Twain doing a world tour, Mm -hmm. but I'm going to be traveling through a lot of different cities and I never know what my schedule is going to be like, how much time I'm going to have. But if there are any listeners of the podcast or brand owners, well, maybe by Um, the time we release this one. Hit me up uh, if I'm coming to your city and if I have time, maybe we can chat or something like that. At the very least, let me know what cool stuff is in your city while I'm traveling. Like if anybody has, if I'm going to some city in Nebraska where I'm going to San Francisco and you're like, hey, there's this place. Hit me up because it's amazing. Even Vintage too. I mean, those are small business owners too who work hard to get some cool stuff. And these are people that love the craftsmanship that we've been talking about and they dedicate their life to kind of uh, salvaging that last, the last bit of Vintage that's out there. So yeah, hit me up. Let me know what Vintage stuff is in your town, what small businesses or fashion people. Um, I love that. I've already talked to, uh, you know, menswear people over in like England and stuff about, hey, I'm going to play. Why don't you guys come to the show? I'd love to hang out and meet up. It's a great thing for me to see people while I'm on the road because mm-hmm. I'm essentially on the uh, the bus with a small amount of people for the entire tour. So it's really cool to see people that are like minded in other cities. Yeah. So hit me up. I'm uh, uh, Write me on Instagram. I don't know, you know, how hopefully I'll, I'll get back to you as quick as I can. And, and uh, I just I want to see some of you. While I'm traveling. Yeah. Cool. Um, I think Spencer's going to go now. Yep. Um, my Instagram is at SpencerDSO. Uh, find me. And I'll reveal to you all my secrets. Cash Ca- yeah, cash me outside. How, b- how about da? <laughs> oh um, like two years ago called. Um, I don't know. Was that two years ago or just last year? Was that 2016 or 2017? Last year, Spencer. Okay, sorry. The program. I'm sorry. I don't know any of those things. I'm so out of it. She was on Dr. Phil. I wasn't holding my mic. <laughs> what I said, what I said yeah. was unimportant. Spencer, continue. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think of like, uh, okay, pop culture wise, I guess I'm rewatching Portlandia. It's a good show. Check it out. Great plug. Uh, but also, I'm going to just plug like community activism in general i guess because you know we were talking about a whole lot about ethical consumption and there's a you know buying i like buying clothes (laughs) there's there ain't nothing wrong with it but um if there are any other causes that you care about you know go 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 seek them out because it's like you know i used to think oh nothing happens in orange county but um you know the last the last year uh, I've been, you know, involved with a d- bunch of different groups that help out, like, you know, with the, the, there's been an explosion of homelessness in the area, you know, find, find that, that's what I care about. Find an issue that you care about and get involved. That's important. Do it. Woo. I feel like I've like got no cool deep plugs. You got the whole world all. in your hands, baby. Uh, you can find me on at Ethan M. Wong. I mean, I'm sure if you guys listen to this, you guys know who I am. I, I post cool pictures of my friends all the time, including pictures of myself. And if you look at my story, there's some wacky shit that goes on there. Um, so feel free to look at, look at that. Uh, in terms of plugs, um, 
Should I just had one in my head and I just totally forgot it because I was talking. Give him silence. Um, no, I don't need. I don't need silence. Do you want some foley? I don't need Liam Neeson and uh, oh, Liam Neeson, Adam Driver, and Andrew Garfield Yo, to Liam give Neeson. it to me. I don't. He doesn't have a mic. I don't know if people are hearing exactly. What he was you don't making. Need, you, know, you know. It wasn't. It wasn't important. Oh hi, this is Second Garrett. Um, but in terms of, I guess pop culture, Steely Dan. I mean, I don't know if you guys who are listening know who that is, but um, yeah, Josh showed me like I mean the past few times we've hung out, he just showed me in the car, and I'm just like, this is some dope ass music. <laughs> I love that Steely Dan just got a plug on your podcast. I, I am, mean, what I else would it be? Right now, I love that. Shout out! Shouts out to Steely Dan, all you guys, all you Steely heads out there. Is he? Is he still? Are they still alive? Unfortunately, uh, uh, Walter. Uh, oh my God! I'm now. I'm, oh my God! I'm blanking right now. Um, give, him, give him some Liam Neeson. Uh, the the guitar player passed away. Uh, oh this no! Last year, actually. Oh shit! Um, yeah. What uh, Walter, time to Walter get into it? Um, yeah, Walter Becker. Donald Fagan's still alive, so um, go see him. <laughs> <laughs> but I just love that Steely Dan's getting a plug. They are a wonderful band, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna send you all their music. Oh, I, ho- I, I hope so you do. I hope you do. Um, I guess my plug will be for like, you know, eBay and Etsy. Those guys have always been my way of, you know, getting into high quality brands that you wouldn't normally be able to, uh, to get for yourself. And you know, especially, you know, where Spencer and I are in life. Yep. And you know, even if I, as I grow in my career i feel like i'll still always go that way just because i feel like you know i don't need to you know always buy new you know even if i think i've heard that, like even wool is not like uh like it's not a good yeah i thing. mean it's like it's or kind cotton of, i think too cotton well, sheep sheep are like you know bred differently now too oh that's yeah. something we, yeah we, we could have touched on that too but you know i we think didn't. too bad <laughs> yeah too bad podcast over yeah. but uh but yeah you know I like, I like buying old things because you know it's not going in the trash not going to some landfill mm-hmm. and i get i mean so it allows me to not only dress the way i want but experiment with new things you know and i think that's something yeah. that a lot of people again don't do and once they get to do that it opens it up to whether buying vintage or buying from these cool brands that we've talked about you know yeah and just like vintage store owners, people oh, on yeah. Etsy, they they a lot of them make a living or at least pay part of their living with Etsy stuff. Like almost everything in this, in my living room, I bought it like a rose bowl from somebody like that, or some type of flop flop meat, some type of swap meat, or or like what's a Etsy. flop meat? Oh, it's it's when a bunch of oh, divers God. decide to do front flips, but instead of doing a piercing dive into the water where they don't make a splash, they make a splash with their bellies. Oh, so it's a belly swap meet. Yep. Um, oh, there, that's the joke now. But yeah, but there even, we go. even people on Etsy, it's the same no, thing. Okay, where it's like I got these it. People are yeah. uh, they support them. Oh yeah, you same know, thing. you know, what? I'm gonna, I'm wearing a tie right now. I want to say shout out to Spencer Stewart. He is vintage haberdasher. I think it's vintage hyphen haberdasher on eBay. He's been selling vintage for uh, like yeah, I, have I don't know. Notifications like, turned on for uh, him on eBay. Yeah, he, he has great stuff. He has great stuff. I mean, all the ties. You know, we talk. We we didn't really talk too much about you know classic menswear on this one but you know one of the hallmarks of a great tie is you know like thin interlining uh hand rolled edges you know you know crazy uh fabric like brocade silk you know that's something you can't really find today i mean i know that drake's does that um sevenfold frenzy you know those, those things aren't, those aren't cheap I mean, those they, aren't they, cheap but they're they're made yeah, yeah yeah if you can you know i know guys who buy them and they're they're 
super well made. Drake's like makes them like I think above one of their stores, like all by hand. It's it's crazy. Yeah, great quality. But if you can't do that, you know, at least not right now, like I do, I I buy vintage size, and that's so you know, that's one way to, you know, not only get quality but support people. And this guy Spencer Stewart has been doing it for such a long time, yeah. and you know he does it so faithful. Like he puts up like hundreds of ties all at once, and they sell they sell out. Yeah, and so and that's a perfect example of like you making. You going like I don't have money to buy Drake oh, yeah, stuff yeah. right now. I know how great it is. I know how great the quality is. I know how much love they're putting into it. But I just straight up can't afford it right now. Yeah. And so you're acknowledging you're like when I'm in a place that I have the the right kind of cash for that, I can get involved in that along with this vintage stuff. But for right now, the vintage stuff works for my for my mm-hmm. budget. And you're you're that's yeah. exactly the point of like you are keeping an eye on what's happening and you're doing your part. Right, and I, I think a cool thing that came to mind after that is you might fill out your wardrobe with a lot of like Drake's ties in in the future. You know, when you're you're rolling in the coins and stuff. Let's hope. And right. The cool thing is, at a certain point, what you might do is you might uh, sell off a lot of your old vintage ties to people who were where oh a lot yeah of us were a few years ago. It's cyclical, dude. You might be selling off vintage ties to people who were just like you a few years ago when you first started getting into this stuff. That is so rad. It's so rad to think about, like uh, like future vintage. I think that's what you were you were mentioning earlier, right? Yeah, uh, yeah. Th- yeah. Read some Super interviews cool. with Hiroki Nakamura from Visvim. He is another plug. Really, yeah. It's not it's not even a plug for Visvim the brand. It's like the guy is mm-hmm. he really is has a great um, kind of just story about what he hopes that great clothing made now will be in the future. And I, I just love that concept. Not a Visvim plug, although I love their stuff. More just right. a conceptual. And okay, here's the last plug before we get into our goodbye and our sign off. But quick shout out to Scott Ackerman because he <laughs> talking about recycling stuff. We, yeah. I, I honestly would not have been able to make this podcast without listening to uh, Scott Ackerman, Comedy Bang Bang, and you know getting inspired to do something you know that I like and um, do my own spin on it. And hopefully in the future we don't just rehash his transitions and uh, <laughs> and stuff. Friends. But uh, just we, quick we, shout out to him. Yeah, because we've talked about like, you know, we, we have, I th- did we mention this on another episode? We have like a master list of like future guests and we were like, let's dream big. Paul F. Tompkins on the podcast. And technically... He's a big menswear fan and, and exactly. buys hats. Right, right. He buys and, hats from And uh, it's Wellow. not like, yeah, he got something from Wellow, so it's not impossible that we that we can meet him Well, I think point. the same thing that we were talking about with the Gooch Collective. I think that your podcast has the potential to really reach a lot of people. And, and I think that as you guys get more guests on that are more diverse, it's that thing of like somebody else that's into something that's slightly off of from classic menswear might listen for that one episode and then go, let me check something else out. And then they end up listening oh, yeah, and then yeah. they leave a review. It's a gradual process. And I know you guys aren't on like a podcast network, which obviously helps for like ads, like ads on other shows and stuff, but you guys are going to make a gradual increase in listenership and you guys are doing something that it doesn't exist out there. I I've looked, I mean, I, you know, I, I've tried to find, and he's a huge pothead. I, I'm, I listen, I've been listening to podcasts for a really long time. And especially when I'm on the road, I listen to a lot of podcasts, and there are some menswear-ish podcasts out there, but nothing really like what you guys are doing. Um, and I'm excited to see the future. I think you guys have a huge potential um, of listenership. Of uh, there's, I think there's going to be a lot more guys than just people that are into classic menswear and vintage clothing in the future. And I think that I think your podcast could become really important in the fashion menswear world. So I I wish you guys That's luck, and I'm, I'm, praise, I'm happy man. to Thank be. You. 
on the show and and uh, leave a, a review as Turker Jobs, Turker Jerbs after the first yeah. week. Yeah. So on that on that uh, point, uh, please do leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. Uh-huh. You know, if you write them out, that really helps out. If you want to put five stars and you enjoyed it, even if you didn't enjoy it, please put five stars. <laughs> um, and you know, and if you want to get in touch with us, you can find us on Instagram at Style Direction. You know, that's our main thing. I don't think we need to plug our email because no, no one ever goes on the email. So let's well, just say say it anyway. It's Style and Direction at Gmail dot com. You can do it. Check check it out, <laughs> but yeah, but, Steve Brule. Yeah. yeah, but please, you know, put, put us on Instagram. Uh, we post, you know, you know, pictures of our of our guests there, along with the kind of the funny pictures that yeah. we kind of reference throughout the whole thing. And uh, yeah, get in touch with us, and please support us if you want us to keep going. Cool. And red, so, red, yellow, leather, red, yellow, red, yellow, red, leather, oh my god, yellow leather. That that's yellow your leather. is that our sign up? One more time. Ready? Okay. One, two, three. Red leather, yellow leather. Red leather, yellow leather. Thank you. Have a nice evening. All right, guys. We'll see you in the next one. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.